All right, welcome one and all. Uh, January 24th, 2024 edition of the Robert Scott Bell Show. Middle of the week here. If you're catching us live, please share the show. Say hi wherever you are if you're in the chat room. Looking forward to another great show. Uh, in the first hour, we got a first-time guest, although I've known him a few years each year at the Health Freedom Expo. I just enjoy seeing him and his family, and they've, they've fed me very well. Uh, we'll talk about uh, diet, lifestyle, Ayurveda with Dr. Ari Ra, also known as Dr. Nature. And we have links up in the show notes at robertscatbell.com. Uh, homeopathic hit, do you have profuse sweating issues? Are you feeling like you're always, well, we got a remedy for that. That's kind of an interesting name too. Superdome probably have fun with that. Hey, climate lockdowns, is that just conspiracy theory or is there a reality to that? Uh, let's see, infl inflammatory foods and aging muscles, uh, justice for our service members who were just hammered with experimental injections like many Americans and the links between long COVID and a lot of other things. We got that and the CDC labeling accurate information is misinformation. Duh. <laughs> we got to cover it all here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Get ready. This is the place. You are here. I'm here. Let's get this healing party started right about now. Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. Now, the voice of health, freedom, and liberty, here's Robert Scott Bell. All right, it's one of those days where it's great to be alive. <laughs> or isn't every day that? Well, I, I suppose if uh, if you're suffering with debilitating pain or chronic inflammation, you know, you have debates about, man, this is a rough day. And I acknowledge that. Uh, I know that not every day is top of the world kind of day, but when it is, I hope you appreciate it. And if you can find levels of appreciation, even in the times that aren't like optimal, uh, that might lead you to become open to uh, various paths for healing that were, you were unaware of even moments earlier. And I hope that the Robert Scott Bell Show can serve as one of those pathways uh, back to, uh, uh, you know, optimal health and realize that's a, it's, it's an everyday challenge. Now, as I you know look at the, uh, the week that has been, it's, we're halfway through it. And I'm, you know, I'm just like, ow, ooh, ow, I got aches and pains, but they're quite different than the aches and pains I had when I was a kid with digestive upsets and constipation and skin issues and things. The aches and pains that I've done are self-inflicted, but in the same way that they're self-inflicted in ignorance when you go down a road of inflammation and pain and suffering due to toxicity and deficiency. But now when I suffer pain primarily, it's because I'll either, you know, push myself too hard in the kickboxing gym or, well, that's kind of what I did, but not, not really. It was like an intense Monday with the challenge of the week. That's the uh, uh, max out challenge of every round. And, and normally, you know, I get in there and I'm having a great workout. Some, some rounds, if they yell at me, I'll work really hard. And other rounds when they're not looking, I'm like, I'll slack off a little. Let's be honest about it. Uh, but in that case, it's like every round on all the way through. And one of the rounds was uh, uh, bicep curls uh, with some dumbbells and a shin kick onto the, you know, the they have a horizontal bag, I believe it is. Yeah. And normally the kicking, no problem. But it's like if you do like 100 curls, even at 10 pounds each, it's like, oh. Oh, but it's a, we used to call it back in my athletic days, a good kind of pain, 
a good kind of pain. I don't know if you remember that super Don, when you were maybe in your younger athletic days, as you're trying, I pray to get back into some of that. Do you remember the difference between a bad kind of pain and a good kind of pain? Am I making that up? Yes. It was, um, it was about perspective too. Right. Yeah. But yeah, totally. You know, when you, uh, when you, you did leg day, (laughs) <laughs> and you're walking out and you're uh you try and step from the curb to the street and your knee buckles and you almost do a face plant um <laughs> did you call that a good kind of pain that was like all right man i really worked those legs good you know and, right. then, and then and then you know it's not the next day yeah i, I still don't understand this i should it's google the second this second day out that's the worst what is up with the right. second day the second day you just feel like you're in torture well, that's it, because it's what, Wednesday as we're going live, Monday was the challenge of the week max out, and I'm feeling it more today, which is true. Uh, of course, you know, I'm doing a lot of the the Arnica and all the classic things that make it a lot less worse, let's just say that. But if it's a leg day thing like that, Super D, and I'm, I'm walking like an old Jewish man, then I'm thinking... <laughs> That's not a good kind of pain. I'm just no, like, but then you go, man, you know what? I've, I've, I've pushed myself. That's the, the muscles there. They've been kind of damaged, but they're going to repair, which is going yeah. to make them stronger. Mm-hmm. You know, you just kind of, kind of, uh, I don't know, kind of, uh, blue pill yourself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this I, I, is good. I, I bring this up because, you know, we're getting ready to celebrate mom's 90th birthday this weekend, uh, going to Atlanta and she's turning 90 on the, on the 29th. Of January, and I, you know, I talk about you know the things that she's done in her life. They're extraordinary things. She's got a, a book or autobiography, A Life of Many Colors, uh, her journey from Israel to America. But it's movement. You know, her love of dance is is a big part of it. And at any age, it's true that you know if you're here almost a century, you might not be moving as well as you did earlier on. But the fact that you still can—that's life. And you know, my point in bringing up the soreness and. The gratitude I have for being able to do these things in my 50s, much less late 50s, if you want to call it that almost, <laughs> the the uh, the reality is we've accepted, I believe, aging in the 20th century, even though they said, well, uh, lifespans in the West were increasing or expanding. Uh, but I would argue that largely they were expanding or, or extending because of the Im- improvements in infant mortality from the early 20th century, from the 19th century to, to the 20th, that once you eliminated a lot of childhood deaths, it would, which skewed the, the uh, age to statistics downward. Now, suddenly, without that, that cohort of ma- on large numbers of deaths in early uh, childhood, you would now have this expansion into elder years and think, well, we're automatically growing older uh, and, and you know living longer. But the reality is, I believe we've been living shorter lives than we are designed to live. And that in a big part has to do with our lack of movement. We have developed into a sedentary species in the West. Most of us don't have to move in order to live, right? Super D, you're a classic example of that, as am I typically. I mean, I'm not doing a job that requires me to lift heavy weights and, you know, jump or bounce or climb things. It is by choice I go to the, you know, to, to work out. Or, you know, if there's a heavy snow or whatever and you shovel, you're working it out. But this is the thing about artificially having to induce exercise. It's not normal the way we live in the West still to this day. It's true. I mean, there are huge gyms that are opening up even to this day because of the artifice in which way we live. We don't use our body. So they have to create places to go so you can move your body. (laughs) (laughs) 
Isn't that wild? That's so funny because I was just uh, to, earlier today I was looking because you know for for <clears throat> for me my schedule it's just it's nuts, it's it's crazy and you you have you have a busy schedule too but I mean I yeah. just I have trouble saying no to things um, and <laughs> yeah. so and, and on that note uh, tomorrow I'll begin begin working with Karen Kingston. Really? Yeah, and then Jason wow. uh, uh, um, who we had on yesterday. Jason Dean. Oh, really? Jason Dean's like, hey, uh, can you help know, me out too? Hey, oh, good I'm like, well, I don't know, maybe. All good people, but come on. So anyway, I have this crazy schedule, right? Yeah. So I'm actually looking at perhaps getting like a recumbent bike that I could have here in the house. Okay. Um, right. Because otherwise, it's a thing where it's like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, gonna work mm -hmm. it out, can happen, and then like you know, a month goes by and I still haven't figured it out, you know, because it's very difficult to do. Right. Uh, I'm thinking, if nothing well, else, maybe I can get something here, artificial, like you said. Yeah. You know. Um, but uh, and I, and as I say that, it's not a criticism of it's the fact that if you do that, it's 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 like you got to do that. You got to right, do something. Right. Right. Absolutely. So, yeah. You know, and just a shout out to the nine round, and I have no stake in it, but you know, I, I appreciate the owner who's a friend uh, locally, but they have them all around. I, what I love about their system is that there is no class time when it's open. You show up at any point because every three minutes around starts. And, and so it works with our crazy schedules where sometimes it's hard to be like you point out my schedule is so erratic and crazy. I, I can never make it to the class every day at the same time. So having some way to control that, and if it's a recombinant bike or something else, then it's a question of disciplining yourself to get on it rather than having it sit there as a piece of furniture that's never used. Right. And that's, you know, also part of it. So I, I just bring that up to encourage everybody to find movement as part of their new year. You know, we're in the first month of the year. In addition to Super Don's amazing choice to go organic with his wife uh, in this new year, which is it's like so amazing to see these uh, commitments, you know, that, you know, it's a lot easier not to make them until you get to the point of suffering where you realize, boy, if I'd have started last year, it would have been better now. So there's no time like the present. If it's not yesterday, the present, then tomorrow. But yeah, make it now and make a decision to start exercising Super Don. So I throw that out for everybody to consider. And you, Super D, you know what it like it feels like to work your muscles and have them be sore and recognize that's a good thing. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. So there's another area of soreness that's dealing with the CDC. And that's not a good kind of sore. <laughs> um, the CDC was right down the road from where I went to university. And, you know, at the time when I knew nothing, it was like, wow, that's pretty amazing. CDC, they're so awesome. Then you come to find out there are a bunch of, uh, uh, you know, boneheaded uh, virologists that ignore toxicology and only point about the germ theory and, and focus on, you know, infectious disease, uh, the spreading of disease, and in public health measures, which really don't help you or me, and the public is a legal fiction. Um, the idea, of course, of san proper sanitation, good sewage systems, hygiene, and nutrition, there's nothing wrong with those things. But then to collectivize them, in a sense, to say that unless you take the shot, name the shot, uh, it's not going to work for anybody else. You know, that's the weirdness of, of collectivism. It's like, how have they been able to argue for years? We have to get the vaccine uh, compliance rate up to 90, 93, 95, 90, whatever percentage we say, because if you don't take that shot that we say is yours, all of our other shots are not going to work, which is, you know, what other product works that way? 
You know, you've heard really bad seatbelt analogies uh, about vaccines. It's like, well, they mandate seatbelts. So what's the big deal about mandating vaccines? Well, first and foremost, you can take a seatbelt on and off. It's not injected into your body, creating chronic disease or death. I don't think it's an apt analogy, although the concept of protecting your life, you know, prophylactically, if you will, in an accident, it's a good idea to wear a seatbelt. But it's not the same thing as injecting yourself with something that is very difficult to undo, especially in the mRNA injection technology that we're dealing with here. Uh, So uh, if we look at um, how do we protect our health, it isn't because we're wearing a mask or not wearing a mask. In fact, arguably wearing a mask can make you sicker or sick to begin with. And yet that's part of, you know, CDC has gone out and said, wear a mask, social distance, whatever it was. And all of that was wrong. A lie. Now, if I get back to the one legitimate use for a mask in a, in a uh, theater of operation, a surgical theater, it isn't even to prevent you from breathing in the vicinity of uh, the person laying on the table being, in, you know, cut open. It's so that, you know, if you <clears throat> sneeze or spit or drool or sinus stuff comes out, that the, the debris, the actual debris that can be stopped by a mask doesn't go into an open body cavity. But it isn't about the breathing so much because those masks, even KN95s, don't stop things at at the size that they claim viruses are, not getting into the controversy of that for the moment. Uh, So the CDC labels what? Us, our friends, as purveyors of misinformation when, in fact, we have been accurate. And now there are documents showing, according to this article, that the government is not working for the people. It's a government that's adversarial to the people. And in fact, it's mislabeling what we do as misinformation when what it is doing is misinformation. That and and this is one of the articles, and it's and it's reported on a peer-reviewed paper that found heart inflammation, myocarditis was more common after the COVID-19 injections than after COVID-19 infection. How about that? We have said, and you know, it's not just me. I mean, you even have medical doctors and PhDs now, if that matters to you, saying that it's the COVID injection that has primarily been the bringer of disease and death. And it's yet it's still here, whether it be Dr. Peter McCullough or others, or uh, Dr. Uh, Joseph Latipo, Surgeon General of Florida, saying, you know, you need to halt this. Now, we might have uh, subtle uh, either disagreements or, or distinctions in why we think it should be halted. But I agree that if it's just the DNA contamination that he's concerned about, that's that's enough. But there are a whole lot of other concerns that would add to the mix and say, you know what, in a free market for medicine that had a legitimate, uh, let's say, FDA-like authority protecting the public, this would never, nor would probably any other vaccine actually ever be approved or licensed for use especially since they don't undergo double-blind placebo-controlled studies, inert placebo, which is the gold standard. And as I pointed out many times over the years, the only reason they say that uh, it shouldn't apply to vaccines is that it would be unethical to deny these life-saving preventive interventions, even though they've never determined that they are life-saving preventive interventions, except through anecdote or through tighter testing of antibody production, which we know, if you know the immune system, having an antibody is fine, but it's not, it's neither necessary nor sufficient in every case to prevent the manifestation of what we call infection or disease. And not having an antibody is not a guarantee that you will get sick or die either. 
So the simplicity with which they apply the antibody hypnosis uh, thematically has caused millions of people around the world to drone on about the wonders of modern medicine and vaccinology, despite the fact that there is no actual rational peer-reviewed evidence that it is against, let's say, placebo tested, or let's say against things like homeoprophylaxis or other herbal medicines or homeopathic medicines, Ayurvedic medicine, which is what we're going to hit today as well. And so if you want to review this article, it's in the Epoch Times, and I know that sometimes it's hidden behind a paywall, but hopefully somehow Super Don will get you to be able to read it. It's another article worthwhile showing that we have been right, you all have been right, in questioning the sanctity of these alphabet soup uh, oligarchical uh, agencies in the federal government or going up to the World Health Organization. How wrong can they be about everything? And yet they still hold the mantle of science, the mantle of expertise. Fauci admits the distancing thing was just just kind of fell on, fell out of nowhere. And they and they call us anti-science. I just I find that funny, sad, but funny. So as we uh, crank up another wonderful guest here on the Robert Scott Bell Show, uh, this is a guy and his family that are wonderful. Every year I look forward to seeing them at the Health Freedom Expo outside of Chicago, where we've held it for the last number of years through uh, Trinity School of Natural Health, the Trinity Health Freedom Expo. The virtual one's coming up February 17th and 18th next month. Hope you'll join us online live uh, for some additional presentations in addition to everything we did in Chicago. And this family... uh, is just amazing. Um, they had the pur- purple sprout and they were providing the most delicious food for us there. And I always ate well. By the end of the day, they're like giving me food. I'm like, no, I insist. Let me pay. But they're such kind, loving people. And uh, I love them dearly as well. And uh, joining us now is the, can I call him the patriarch of the family? <laughs> He's uh, known to me as Dr. Ari Ra, but also known as Dr. Nature. And we have drnaturehealing.com, spelled out D-O-C-T-O-R, drnaturehealing.com. And they have a a YouTube channel. Thankfully, they haven't been banned. But if you want to transform your health and your life, let food be thy medicine and let nature be thy doctor. Dr. Nature, welcome to the Robert Scott Bell Show. Big hugs to you and the whole family. Thank you. Thank you, Robert. Thank you, uh, Big D. And I'm so honored and pleased to um, and excited to be on your show. Um, and, you know, freely talk mind and, um, you know, as what the uh, true healing is. And, yeah, let's let's uh, let's hit it. Well, let's do it. And so, let's first, and, um, if you don't mind, uh, can I show a picture of us, me with your family at the Health Freedom Expo? Oh, yes, please. Please. All right, Super Don, show this picture. Look at this wonderful family. These kids are such bright lights. And there's your wife as well. And there's, you know, I'm holding some of the food and the deliciousness that you support us with at each year at the uh, at the expo as well. And like I said, just the smiles on your kids' faces and you uh, just like it lights me up every year. And I'm so glad you're on the show today. All right. So am I. And so, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Go back and give me some history of how you got into what you do. Not only your uh, uh, willingness to provide amazing food and food plans for people, organic, as clean as the day we, we know it needs to be, but also your backstory and how do you how do you come about learning about Ayurvedic medicine? How do you cross the bridge between the Western allopathic mindset and the ancient tradition going back thousands of years? Well, uh, my story is fairly simple, I'd say, but, you know, to um, many people may find it um, interesting. So I actually um, graduated as a PA 
you know, in my country. And I went into just regular medical field working as a PA and then um, eventually as a registered nurse. And here in the United States, um, I also got my license as a registered nurse and was working um, in different settings for a while. Um, then, of course, you know, um, looking around, understanding that this may not just be the ultimate way of treating people and getting them to heal, because then um, definitely I saw that there's some kind of um, dead end for the you know, many um, um, treatment modalities that were, you know, uh, that are uh, just basically um, uh, practiced in regular medicine, I knew there was something behind it that, you know, the, the uh, person cannot just be dependable on some on somebody who may not even truly care for them, but, um, you know, putting all their hopes on somebody else, uh, treating them and getting them in a better place. I knew always that it's the job of that individual to actually be healthy and know ways of getting out certain conditions. This was my true belief. And um, more I learned about um, medicine as I was not just stopping being curious and was looking for other ways of uh, getting healed and, and um, you know, like um, different ways of um, sustaining health. Uh, I found that uh, the oriental medicine actually provides a missing piece to the allopathic medicine. Allopathic medicine, I respect that, but it actually uh, operates on the level of the physical body, whereas the oriental medicine expand that to further horizons and actually integrate the more subtle processes into the picture. And this is what I'd like to really talk about today in how, um, how important it is to pay attention and to... Um, um go into the subtle expression of ours in order to understand what the true health really is and how we can uh, uh, you know sustain and actually get better and get um, lots of ailments healed due to that so yes um well, yeah i want to ask you my... again that origin point let everybody know what country you were born in, that you were raised in, to learn about. Interesting to go into, like, becoming a PA and a nurse first, allopathic medicine first, because the country you come from isn't doesn't have thousands of years of history in that. <laughs> it's kind of different. Where did you come from originally? No, it sure, it sure doesn't. My uh, original country, my, um, so say, um, motherland, is country of Kazakhstan, which is part of the Soviet Union. It's one of the uh, largest republics of former Soviet Union, and it got its independence in the 90s as, as the Soviet Union collapsed. And we actually never had any uh, anything like uh, Ayurveda or different types of medical systems other than you know, the regular allopathic medicine that was um, for decades because, I mean, I guess there was some kind of uh, traditional um, medicine back before the Soviet Union established and brought the allopathic medicine into our country. So people had to abide by natural means somehow. Mm -hmm. But then um, uh, it was just the only medical system. And I graduated in, in that field and I started working in it too. Um, and about when I was about 23 years of age, I came to the United States and um, uh, pursued 
getting the licensed as a uh, registered nurse, which I uh, did fairly quickly and start working in different settings in medical field. Uh, but then seeing how the patients are well mistreated or not being able to agree with the methods and methodologies of the allopathic medicine, I had to look around and expand the, um, you know, my views on the medicine uh, mm -hmm. totally. And I was looking for that specific answer. What can a human being do himself to actually become independent in in their strive for better health? And I right. finally, somehow, you know, the providence of me to understanding the uh, oriental principles of healing, which I'm so grateful for. Yeah. yeah. Your, your, your journey to America is extraordinary. And you probably, there's a, a joke about um, if you survive the treatment in a hospital, the question is, can you survive the food that they give you? <laughs> and I know that's been a big well, thing for you in realizing the food we choose is destroying our lives, or it could be nourishing our lives back to health, which is what, you know, with the, uh, you know, the purple sprout, you're delivering this healthful, life-sustaining, energized food. And if you're in the Chicagoland area, we'll let you know how you can access that too. But, uh, you know, this is a big shift from your training, even in Kazakhstan, to become a, a PA and then a nurse and then coming to America, making a big switch like that. And, you know, in, in the United States of America, even though we're gradually regaining our uh, – I would say our consciousness to recognize nature has the answers for our health, not poison, still it's not – valued as much as it's going to be. So you made this switch in the midst of it's not a guarantee you'll be able to make a living doing what you feel is right to do. So again, kudos to you and your bravery and courage to do that. Yes, it's pretty tough to make living, you know, uh, in, in the field that I'm right now versus being a nurse and just working in an allopathic field, uh, because that's like uh, where you can just settle down and be, um, um, you know, just complacent basically or not like lazy not looking for anything else but just be satisfied with what you have and uh, get promotions to every year and you know make a living but at the same time you'd have to um, continue with what you're doing and I was not really satisfied with like poisoning people with like number of medications that I saw the suffering, you know, cause suffering to people, make them complete vegetables, you know, um, and uh, that didn't sit well with me. And I so decided that I cannot really, um, it's just not for me. So I had to uh, make this shift, but I did it once I've already uh, gained some um, knowledge base in order to make this shift, because then I knew that this was the right way for me to go. And I did risk everything, of course, um, uh, you know, everything, just as I gotten to understand the health depends on the nutrition at, at large part of it, uh, about 90% probably is due to incorrect uh, eating uh, in the modern society. And so this is what the initial calling was to start um, modifying the food. And, and so we did it uh, within our family, me and my wife, we did it together. And also our kids, once they were born, we even from from their childhood, we knew that they had to learn this uh, right away. And there was no other way of uh, eating whatever we want or whatever everybody's eating. You know, let's go to the party and eat a pizza there or here's somebody's treating you sweets and you just can grab that and just eat it with mindlessly. No, our kids know that this is not something appropriate and they don't go for it. So... 
Um, but nutrition was the first step. Uh, and then we introduced Purple Sprout as the way to help the community, the local community, and um, talk about um, nutrition, educate as much as we knew. And of course, then I went to Ayurvedic school that actually expanded my knowledge, you know, many folds over. I was lucky to get into a specific Ayurvedic school, which is not um, very traditional uh, Ayurvedic healing type school. Uh, and it's called uh, the lineage that I come from is Shaka Vansika Ayurveda, which is a more vibrational data uh, that's based on the prana flow, more so as the tweaking and modifying doshas. So, and this is a um, more um, fundamental concept of uh, healing. Because, Dr. Um, Nature, one moment, because you brought yeah. up Ayurveda, which is already a foreign concept to many in America. Not everybody. I mean, people that have been going to health food stores for years will find there are Ayurvedic remedies. Maybe they've encountered an Ayurvedic practitioner. Typically, you'll find they're from India more than anywhere else. Uh, and yet you yes. went into something called Shaka Vansia. I, I can't say it properly, probably. Yeah, but, you, you, uh, you would. That's, did okay. that's the way it's pronounced. And this tradition, I, I love what it, it, it was related to. It was called more of a vibrational Ayurveda. And, you know, going into uh, prana or pranic uh, concepts, I think of prana as the life force, the vital force. In chiropractic, they call it innate intelligence. Homeopaths, we call it vital force prana, the breath of life, the, the essence of life. And, um, you know, this is the something that unfortunately energy. is still somewhat foreign to the Western reductionist mindset. And I find it fascinating that you coming from Kazakhstan learned allopathic first, come to America and you learn this, wow, high level energetic Ayurveda. I mean, how does that even happen? I mean, there's a lot of God there, I think. Well, I think too, because nothing happens for no reason, you know, everything is, um, preset and we just walk into this stage and, you know, assume our roles and, um, but yes, and I learned Ayurveda here in the United States and I, you know, say, uh, seeing that I can say that any American or uh, person who lives in America has this wonderful opportunity, uh, of learning, um, these concepts, you know, just if they, um, Events the great amount of curiosity they can find their path and learn this uh there's a lot of specialists you know renowned specialists here too um, um that can help people uh get into this field and understand the basics of natural health you know just right at their source level this is um a great country for that i mean america is a great country generally and, you know, not, not much that I knew that I would learn Ayurveda here. And many people would ask me, did you learn Ayurveda in India? Mm -hmm. And I say no. And I'm kind of, you know, I can even take pride in saying that, that I learned right. it here. However, the master, um, the teacher of our lineage, um, he, is the, he is the person from India. He established this um, lineage here in the United States in the state of California. Yeah. Um, and I was, like I said, I was lucky to get it specifically in that school. Yes. Well, and I so, learned homeopathy, not in Germany, but in America. So the opportunity for learning, and I think that's one of the greatest things about freedom, is that we can innovate and we can bring things from the best places where they existed before, the best things, into an area of freedom, and we can teach it 
we might even be able to enhance it or or, or modify it to meet the conditions that are unique to a, a given area. And I think that Ayurvedic has that ability to be flexible too, to look at uh, in many ways, um, the Westerner who doesn't have a concept of these things, yet it can be helpful and it ha has helped. In fact, I've used Ayurvedic remedies over the years and I, I typically do a, a, a liver support that's based in Ayurvedic principles every day in addition to my homeopathy because there's so much complement to one another, you know, they're they're all all bioenergetic too. Even though we'll say an herb is a physical material, and a homeopathic might be less of that, more of an energy. But there's an energy to the herbs as well, done ayurvedically. Right. Yes. Uh, totally. And there's like, you know, it's just by the um, human uh, conditional mind that we separate and split things and saying this is this department, this is the other. But naturally, everything is one, everything is whole. So the body and spirit, they're inseparable. And the body is the energy and food is the energy. So everything is the energy in the, uh, in, in, in the ultimate expression. So we just need to understand this integration. And once we understand it, you know, it's just like... Um, you know the 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 uh, light breaks and you 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 see um, the picture clearly in its entirety. Um, so that's that's how it is. In fact, uh, that's the fundamental principle of of living. I'd say yes. Now, if I if I go and super down, if you don't mind, go to the drnaturehealing.com website. And, uh, and let's show everybody the website because there are also there are events, there's abilities to consult, uh, there are programs you can access. And if you can click on the events tab real quick, and then we'll scroll down not far just to show you that the, there's some things coming up right now. He's on the Robert Scott Bell Show, and it's right there in his upcoming events. Uh, tomorrow, for those of you listening or watching live on the 24th of January, uh, we have the 25th of January, a Thursday uh, one o'clock central time. And we're usually on two to four central. So it's right before our show tomorrow. There's a free masterclass, a detox, make your detox effective masterclass online that you can uh, uh, participate via zoom. And there's details. You can just click on that right there. And then I'm even more interested, not really, but sort of <laughs> because I've had your desserts and the, that your wife produces through purple sprout. Oh my gosh. Uh, raw vegan dessert online class. So those of you who want to learn about that, that's happening Sunday, February 4th, uh, online as well. And you can buy tickets for that. That's worth the price of admission right there. So I just wanted people to see that there's some things you can tap into wherever you are. Uh, even if you're not in the Chicagoland area and want to get a food or meal plan and super Don, if you were in Chicago, you could probably order from Dr. Nature and purple sprout and they would deliver, I believe meals to you, which you like of this high, high quality. Wouldn't that be cool? If I were in Chicago. Yeah, well, that's okay. the that's the proximal issue because <laughs> shipping it to, to Oregon, not so easy for no, Dr. Nature so and Purple much. Sprout. But we do have listeners and viewers in the Chicago land area. They might want to tap into it. But in a bigger sense, to tap into the detox stuff, they can be anywhere and, and connect on that Zoom meeting tomorrow. Yes, we we'll look forward to seeing as many people as want to join. join. Yes. Beautiful. And as far as consulting... Uh, if people want to see you, is that in person or is that also online for people anywhere? Well, now um, we are doing it more online um, versus in person. And the in person are still available when we are back in Chicago. Um, okay. I see people right there in Chicagoland, primarily right at the hometown, willing and, um, you know, anybody who wants to 
come for a personal consultation, welcome to. Uh, but generally, we are doing online consultations now. Yes. Okay, great. So mm -hmm. as far as health challenges, is there any particular story or stories that come to mind of maybe somebody that's all American coming to you for help? And, you know, maybe they've been through doctors and, and they've had an issue or a lot of issues and you've been able to guide them in the dietary shifts, maybe providing some Ayurvedic herbs to support systems, if you will, and energies that may be of interest to people are like thinking, I could never overcome this. And maybe there's something that you have that could help. Well, yeah, I have um, clients like that. I have stories like that. And um, I had a person with a kidney cancer who had the kidney removed and he was just um, prognosed uh, about six months to live in uh, or within a year. Uh, and he was uh, dumbfounded, really just found himself in a very uh, depressive uh, state of mind and uh, didn't know what to do. And I did help him to purify the body generally tissue by tissue and push the uh, prana through uh, like uh, to saturate his subtle body with prana and he uh, became better. And then later, about um, a year later, he felt like a re completely renewed and uh, he was um, officially pronounced cancer free. So, and uh, he, that was a great story. So yeah, and you know, some other examples too, you know, with the uh, cardiovascular conditions and just generally um, like with like, you know, like any diagnosis would actually be, uh, you know, acceptable and uh, I would work with anybody. Um, but then really it's not diagnosed itself that would actually pose some com com complexity or a challenge for me, but the human's mind really to what they're open to and whether they're going to be able to take this type of treatment or 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 they are so influenced by the allopathic medicine uh, yeah. that, that they are just scared of something else they are looking for yes i've had a lot of uh, clients like that that they 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 know that they want something else they want natural but once they get to natural and you know i actually and um the way that uh, i hold my practice is as natural as it gets all the way natural uh, no compromise um, by routines, by the uh, herbs and supplements, whatever we need to use. Um, and that kind of scares people too, because maybe mm. they're just ready for in, in, inter integrative medicine, you know, more so right. than for complete natural medicine. But, um, and their mind is the hindrance on the, on, on the path. Sure, the fear that creeps up. If I see that the person is not ready mentally, then, you know, I would yeah. actually refer them to some of my uh, friends, MDs who do the holistic and integrative medicine. Right. You're, you're, yeah. you're so right about that. How many times have I, well, personally, I had to experience it from my transition to allopathic to homeopathic and natural, right? Uh, the, the difficulty is that my healing journey wasn't always pleasant. In fact, there were times where symptoms got worse. And I thought, am I going to die? Am I dying? I mean, it was really scary times as well. And the question is your commitment. Do you fall prey to the fear and run back to the suppression of the symptoms? And many people still reach out to me informally to get help with the most severe of gastrointestinal distress disorders. 
including those that are leading, you know, to the inevitable resectioning their colon, right? We've talked about that for years. Mm -hmm. And each time I have people go on a protocol or program, they'll invariably call with some concerns at certain points because sometimes things get worse before they get better. And, you know, that's a question of commitment at that point. Now, many of them have been down allopathic medicine to the nth degree that they realized that it was going to kill them. And so even in the worst of symptoms and things, they're not running back to it, but they need a little bit of reassurance. And that's okay, you know, that because we didn't have that. I didn't have that experience. And suddenly, you know, my homeopathic mentor was laughing at me as I think I'm dying. And I'm like, you're laughing at me. What I, you know, he's like, this is exactly where you need to be. I've seen this a million times. You're going to get through it. You need that boost of comfort to know that you're not going to die in those situations from people that have had that experience and seen you through it. Uh, But therein lies the difficulty of being here in America in the West. The things that I don't find are great about our, my culture. I'll just call it that, that we have this instant fix mentality that if it doesn't immediately go away, something's not happening. It's not right. It's not working. Where the irony is, if you suppress it instantly, you're making other things much worse. And so the uh, immaturity of understanding that because of the way we've all been brought up in the West, most of us, uh, as an allopathic thought form, we don't think about taking responsibility for our journey. We look to a doctor, a homeopath or an Ayurvedic, whatever, as you're going to take it, take care of it for me, take it away from me. And that's not the role of a doctor. As I said, a doctor is a teacher, a healer. Yes. But I, you know, you remember probably seeing that slide that I presented on many times as I've figured this thing out for me, the true nature of a doctor is not to find the right remedy for the patient, but to reconnect the patient to the source of all healing. And that is their divinity. And in that sense, that's the pranic flow. That's the vital force. And in that way, yes, the remedies will reveal to us as quote unquote experts in a certain field, but they're also revealed to the patients like, I know this path, I can walk this path. So you're encouraging them, you're not doing it for them. Totally, totally. I so agree, so much agree with it. And what makes it worse in terms of, um, it gets worse before it gets better is that all the issues that we have are, uh, um, are basically stuffed in the tissues, body, uh, stuffing the metabolic waste product as well as the uh, poor uh, distorted impressions of mind within the tissues, uh, keeping the blood flow clear so that doesn't um, affect the mind in this current moment. But once somebody um, resorts to natural means of healing all these tissues, they start being exposed and they leave the tissue depots uh, the toxins, I mean, uh, they leave the tissue depots in the, back into the blood circulation and they have this mental phantom over them of that uh, symptomology that they had uh, once, they, once they were forming. And those uh, toxins now circulating in blood uh, does not mean that the person is getting sick again. It actually means that the toxins are on the way out of the body from the from the tissues into the bloodstream, this is where uh, the things get worse. And then from the blood, they leave the body through the appropriate elimination channel if uh, things are uh, done right and those elimination pathways are prepared uh, nicely and mindfully by uh, the masterful um, uh, naturopath or Ayurvedic practitioner or whoever is guiding the client to the natural healing. So, and that's what actually gets um get gets in the way like you said it's it's uh complete 
uh, opposite from the quick fix. But in the end, the ultimate result is pure and it's uh, it's ultimate. It's something that the person cannot even uh, experience being in allopathic uh, treatment that actually liberates not only the physical body, yeah. but the, the mind. And it, it fills the spirit with a, with, with a belief in, in something in a higher path. Yeah. Yeah. Beautifully said. Now, I want to ask you, Dr. Nature as dad, you got two amazing kids. Uh, I, I have raised two kids with no vaccines and no antibiotics, and um, they've been all organic. Uh, and I, you know, allowed them to learn about, you know, if you leave our house and eat something that's not clean, I want you to pay attention to your symptoms. I'm not going to punish you. Your body will communicate to you whether it's good for you or not, because you have the ability to, to discern because I didn't pollute you like modern medicine polluted me and my body and many of us. So it's a language they learned early on and they make choices as adults that many people can't get their kids to make, right? Because they're also not eating cleanly and the kids are smart. They don't do as the parents say they do as their parents do. So if you're not living this way, don't be surprised when your, your kids don't either. Uh, so how have your kids, I know you're homeschooling them. So you have a lot of, uh, you know, you know, home time and family time, but when they go out and interact with the world, uh, you know, friends, otherwise, have you found some compatible kids? Cause my kids know so much more and I'm not bragging on them because they're smarter, or, you know, just that they know things that most kids don't. And so there, it's an awkward interaction to be a kid at, at any time in history, but to be one that knows probably what your kids know, how are they doing? Well, that's, uh, that's challenging. It was more challenging back then when we were starting, but we decided with my wife that we will just, you know, lay down the base, uh, basics uh, on the right path and uh, teach our kids from the early age that uh, what's appropriate, what's not appropriate, uh, explaining them along the way of why we are um, not recommending or just not sometimes even uh, taken away uh, completely. Um, and our household was always, um, you know, um, filled with just healthy things, nothing of, um, you know, the kind that you can find, you know, um, widely just like unhealthy stuff so never had we in our house um when the kids were raised i mean before kids um appeared i mean uh we definitely were also uh while you know maybe looking for better ways uh this when we started to integrate you know healthier foods but uh, once the kids uh, showed up we just you know uh, emptied our house of the unhealthy stuff and just put the veggies and fruit in there and that's it and um, the kids once they grow in this environment uh, they don't have much any other choice but just eat that and when we were taking them to daycare we would actually um, uh, bring our own food with them and make it very strict to the um, you know to the teachers there that they are not allowed to have this or whatever else uh, and once the kids were uh, conscious enough to understand uh, what they're eating and what they're not allowed, it still was kind of strict because you know how it is with temptations around with kids, you know, mm -hmm. they they get easily uh, tempted and they forget all, all about what the parents tell them, you know, uh, but we emphasized really strictly, especially me with the uh, with my voice, I was, um, you know, like checking day in, day out on that they know what they're eating and uh, why it is important to eat, uh, you know, these certain ways. 
And also I told them that, uh, and this is like the basic principle, that the food is not the entertainment. We eat not for entertainment. If, if you want to entertain, go play a game, you know, play some ball, play, do, do some archery or do some, you know, wrestling, whatever. Uh, but into, uh, as far as entertainment and, and food is strictly for mm -hmm. your energy just mm -hmm. to be, you know, strong and, and, um, Vivid, well, that does, doesn't mean it around. can't be pleasant because what you produced uh and your wife with purple sprout is absolutely delicious through and through and even uh, the the uh the desserts the vegan desserts oh my gosh and you're you've got a class oh, yeah. to teach about that so it doesn't mean yeah, it can't be pleasurable be yeah yes yes i mean I, you know we don't want to take uh away um everything of course i mean we're just humans and we grew up, you know, um, having sweets and we kind of like sweets too now and then on occasion. And sometimes uh, festivities are also good. It's like exceptions. They can only confirm the rule, right? So yeah. we uh, we do go with uh, some festivities now and then, but healthy festivities. And that yeah. we explain to the kids of what it is and how it's made and you can, why yeah, it is you that this celebrate. is healthier than the other stuff. Mm -hmm. You can celebrate in a healthy way. And you guys check it out. Doctor, D-O-C-T-O-R, Nature Healing. Doctor, Nature Healing. And uh, you can get consultations. If you're in the Chicagoland area, you can get the food I'm talking about that is so amazing. And if you go to the events page and scroll down just a little bit, you'll see upcoming uh, events, including uh, Make Your Detox effective a free masterclass uh the 25th for those of you uh, are watching or listening live on the 24th of january 2024 it's tomorrow the 25th uh one o'clock central time before we go on the air at two so very conveniently timed dr nature so that they don't have to miss the robert scott bell show how nice is that uh and this is a zoom meeting for free and then there's another uh learning how to to cook or make raw vegan desserts and i i just want to be there to test the results because i know how great they are <laughs> uh, what was the real quick is you know we're almost wrapping up. I got to do the homeopathic hit of the day in a moment. But um, the the native language of Kazakhstan, of course, it was controlled by the Soviet Union. So I'm sure they forced you to learn Russian. But was there anything that goes back further than Russian? Yes, of course. It's like indigenous language, which is Kazakh language, which is the one of the original language of Turkish group. And sometimes if you were to ask uh, Turks, uh, you know, where their uh, language comes from, they would say from Central Asian territory, which is actually contra Kazakhstan. So uh, very intimate connection of Turkish language with Kazakh language, except for Kazakh language is a little rougher. It has rougher sounds, um, but generally that's what the language is, as well Can as you... the Kyrgyz language, uh, 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 then Azerbaijan language and Turkmen language, um, Tatar language, they're all, uh, yeah, uh, Turkish group of languages. All right, Super Don, so, come in here for a minute, because you know what I'm going to ask him to do in just a moment, because, I, I, you know, look, I have no earthly idea what this is going to sound like, because I don't know if I'm familiar with the Kazakh language going back, but do you think, Super D, that uh, Dr. Nature would say, I'll ask him too, the power to heal is yours in that Kazakh language, so I can hear it? Uh, yeah, well, you, yeah. this wouldn't be the first time you've done this, but let's see what happens. Get ready to record this one, because I want to hear it. Can you do that? <laughs> well, gentlemen, I will tell you that I may not be able to uh, tell that, you know, because really, I just, um, I was brought up in Russian language. and I Okay, well, then, how about, I will, much. I will take the, the Russian version, if you got that. Mm -hmm. I don't mind. All right. Russian it is, then. 
So, uh, the what power is to the use yours in, in Russian. Um, Сила uh, оздоровления в ваших руках. All right, we got Ваш, it. Ваше здоровье, like ваше здоровье в ваших руках. Nice, thank you. They, they, you know, the thing is, I didn't, I, I put you on the spot because I, you know, I know you haven't been thinking in Russian in a long time. And if you grew up in Kazakhstan when it was in the Soviet Union, uh, you know, it, they didn't like people talking in native languages. They wanted everybody to be one kind. So I know how difficult I might have been. So I apologize for that, but I appreciate you hitting me the Russian no, version there. Actually, yeah, it's it's actually, you know, um, I feel it's um, my duty to, you know. It's not that I completely not speak the language, but I can do better. That's what I can say. Yes. Well, I but mean, just, yeah, you know, whom... um, coming here to the United States and living here for like almost more than like half my life, you know, I just gotten to um, just not forget much of the language already. So, well, and with whom uh, can you speak in the Kazakh language here? Uh, I don't know if there's a big community in Chicago. I know there's a big Polish community in Chicago and a Russian community in Chicago. Yes, well, I can say that there's um, uh, not that much bigger community Kazakh people in Chicago. There could be some individuals that would uh, actually consider them to be like part of the Russian community, just generally. But there's mm -hmm. uh, one big community of Kyrgyz people. Kyrgyz people, they have, um, you know, pretty strong uh, defined community in Chicago. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, Yvonne wants to know how to connect with you. As, as I said, we have drnaturehealing.com, D-O-C-T-O-R, spelled out, drnaturehealing.com. Is there another way that you want people to reach out to you, email, phone number, anything like that? Um, well, just email or call us, and I think that the phone number is on the website. You, Yeah, anytime. Yeah, there's a contact link at the bottom of the page if you go to drnaturehealing.com. Uh, hopefully it'll open up and, and get you there. If not, um, you know, there's a, a form there and how to stay connected and you can actually subscribe to their newsletter, their information by entering your email address at the bottom of the page there. So, uh, take advantage of that and reach out to Dr. Nature and, uh, appreciate you so much, Dr. Ari Ra and love to your wife and your kids. It's always so great to see you. And again, brings a big smile every time I see that picture, much less get together with you guys at the health freedom expo. All right. Well, thank you for having me and um, the best uh, wishes to our viewers and listeners. I appreciate uh, having me on the show. Um, and if you ever feel the need to continue our conversation, I'm always here for you. you know, ready to discuss more of the natural um, health components. Absolutely. Appreciate it. And y'all check out those right. desserts. Sign Thank up you. for that, that, that program as well as the detox program that we have linked up in the show notes at robertscabell.com. It'll get you to drnaturehealing.com. Dr. Nature, thank you for being on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Thank you. Thank you, Robert. Thank you, Super yeah. D. Thank All you, right. everybody. Thank you. And I don't want to have to say Dasvidaniya or something in Russian, but I wish I knew some Kazakh. But as you know, as he uh, grew up in the former Soviet Union, again, a number uh, of, of people we've interviewed over the years has, you know, totalitarian control of communism is not a place that you'll find a lot of healing and a lot of freedom. Uh, and it's a difficult time. Of course, you know, sometimes the worst of times can drive you to go within and become more spiritually connected. But it's a it's a brutal way to get there if you have to get there. And many uh, that have been raised or have the Russian lineage 
Um, you know, this is uh, an interesting um, culture. It's very tough, rough, harsh, and I'm not making any accusations of any Russians. We've got some lovely Russians that have been on this show, including, uh, you know, Laban's wife, Anna Ditchburn from uh, Russia. But um, there's a, a story I heard recently about, you know, it, it's an interesting concept of how we treat our friends or how we treat our enemies. And uh, one of the stories I heard was, you know, about someone who was there to grant a wish. Uh, you know, and normally, let's say someone came to you. All right, Super Don, open up your mic. We're going to do the homeopathic hit in an hour or two since we got flexibility. We'll open up with that. But um, if, let's say, a genie, just for the, the sake of argument, came to you and said, <laughs> Super Don, I can grant you one wish, uh, uh, whatever you want, but whatever you wish for, I'm going to give twice as much to your enemy, someone you loathe, who you don't like. Uh. All right, that's an interesting dilemma or a question. But, you know, on one level, I look at you, Super Dean, you're like, well, that's all right if he has twice or whatever. I'd have a great amount of something that I want or need, right? Mm. You'd think probably. But the, the story out of Russia is the guy that was given this offer by the genie thought about it and thought about it and then said, poke one of my eyes out. Oh, Okay, so you still have one eye, but your enemy has no eyes and can't right, see. Right, exactly. So it shows the consciousness or mindset of the harshness <laughs> of, uh, you know, living under Russian rule for a long time. It's very different than those of us who have grown up in the West who don't have a perception. We might be angry at somebody, but, you know, how many of us would go, well, if, if my enemy's going to have twice as much or someone I don't like, then I'll, hey, poke one out. So they'll be, you know, it's like I want to deliver punishment instead of, you know, having a reward for yourself, that would even be better for some, you know, that it's, mm. it's a different consciousness is what I'm saying that. How about Jeannie? Uh, I want you to remove the desire to uh, not like my enemy. Ha. And that's double. That's a fascinating uh, response there too, Super D. I like it. I hope the genie shows up on your door. Uh, <laughs> Problem but, solved, right? Yeah. There you now go. on that note, you know, I've talked about, the the goodness of people, particularly here in this audience, I believe, for the most part, you know, you, you're good people, you want the best for people, you want the best for yourself. And so you don't think about how can I cheat and steal and lie and, you know, debase other people. But there are folks at the highest levels of government and non-governmental organizations, WEF, WHO, you know, other places, CDC, things like that, that they don't think the way that I do and you do and that we do. And so remember that naivete, if I can call it that, can be very harmful to you if you don't recognize that just because you wouldn't do that bad thing, there are others who would. And so you got to protect yourself from that. And therefore, you don't want to grant powers to a benevolent government that doesn't exist. Because when you are in control of it, you like it. When someone else takes control, oh boy, you're just going to be held to pay. And there's such spiritual immaturity, even in the American electorate, that they haven't figured out that the founders were wise to say, let's not allow the government to have that power, period, no matter who's in charge, because we know it'll eventually be used not for good, but for evil, denigrating, enslavement-type purposes. So that is the message that I'll leave you with at hour one. I want to thank Dr. Nature for being on and giving us some Ayurvedic principles and, you know, a man of great integrity, a kind heart, and his family is wonderful. You guys check it out and and learn how to make some of these vegan desserts. You'll be the most popular person at any party if you're interested <laughs> or at home even. So with that, we got the homeopathic hit of the day coming up in next hour. It's going to be you, me, and Super D if you have questions or comments. And then remember, 
Oh my gosh, I almost forgot. After the show, we have a short break and then we're back with the Zoom meeting. AMA, if you're a patron supporter of the Robert Scott Bell Show, as little as $4.99 a month, good Lord, you can join us on a Zoom call. We see one another and it's going to happen today at 7 o'clock, the 24th of January, 2024, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Ask me anything. Ask Super Don anything. Meet the community. It's a wonderful time. And maybe you'll win some stuff too because we got giveaways. Yes. So with that, Super D, we mm-hmm. take a pause and come back after this for the homeopathic hit? Yep, let's do it. All right. I can't say it in Russian like he did, but may the may the blessings be and the power to heal is yours. This hour on the Robert Scott Bell Show, it's you, me, and Super D. Yep, that's right. We're prepping up. We're warming up for the Zoom AMA, our monthly meeting for our patron supporters, and you could be one of them, even at the last minute here. Uh, come on over to robertscottbell.com. You'll see a banner for our patron support crowd and become one of the family. I mean, a little closer family, helping us, uh, supporting us to do the things we need to do to outreach and and do even more on bringing that power to heal back to you where it belongs. And that's uh, the the fun we have even off the show. I know it's fun when we're on the show, but it's, uh, it's really cool to see you interact with you and you don't have to show your face on zoom. I mean, you can call in, we, we have it set up where you can even do it by phone, but it's fun to interact with one another. And it's such a loving, wonderful community, healing community. And there's a lot of expertise in the community. You can ask me a question and I'll go, Hey, anybody else also know about this? Another angle on it. And it's fun for me too. Cause I get to learn and uh, you know, they don't pick on super Don as much as I think they should, but Anyway, we still have fun, uh, and we give some stuff away. That'll be happening today after the show, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Uh, go to robertscottbell.com, and uh, you can also sign up for a newsletter, you know, and it, that's free, and we don't, you know, just updates, right? Give you some access to, to upcoming events and uh, special prices on things. In fact, I just want to remind you, our friends at Nutritional Frontiers, and they're also, you know, key to help us do our homeopathic hits along with Folium PX and Trinity School of Natural Health and the Health Freedom Expo. They have incredible sales going on in the first, not only month, but the first quarter of the year related to detox support. And if you haven't been over to Nutritional Frontiers to see that, just go to nutritionalfrontiers.com. And when you order the products, even those products that are on sale, you can still use the RSB 15% RSB 15, that's the code. You get an additional 15% off of the already on sale pricing. So uh, that's wonderful. And I love and appreciate them for that. And uh, a lot of amazing, innovative products that they've developed. So check that out as well. Also, as we're heading heading to uh, Atlanta over the weekend, and the plan is on Monday to do the show live from um, Mama Mickey studio. <laughs> and uh, it'll be a little earlier that day because we've got to fly back out that afternoon where we normally be live, but we'll be live earlier that day. So be prepared for Monday, uh, the 29th of January, which is the 90th birthday of mom. Uh, we'll, we'll go live from her place and uh, we'll have a party on Sunday. So those of you in the Atlanta area want to join in, let me know and uh, reach out to Super Don and he'll let me know and I'll, I'll uh, reach out to you. Uh, so that's coming up as well. All right, Super D, let's go ahead and hit it. The homeopathic hit of the day. Playing all of the homeopathic hits every day, right here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. This is kind of a cool remedy, uh, just the name. I mean, Super Don, didn't you have fun with this? Jabberandi. 
homeopathic remedy known as Jabberande. It is not the typical name. Even for Latin names that you yeah. know, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, is that Latin? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a Latin really? name. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a very so, unusual uh, Latin word. But if you check out the little plant, it's cute. But boy, if you eat it, what will happen to you? Well, it's what you'll want to remedy. There you go. That's adorable, Super Don. Thank you for that. So we have a PDF every time I do this homeopathic hit of the day where you can download for free in the show notes each day and every week, Super Don, if he gets a chance, now that he's doing even more for other people. It's amazing uh, that he puts this up in one place on the website. Plus, if you're a Patreon supporter, you'll get the video version of this, so you'll see it and hear it at the same time, and that can be helpful for some of you. Jabberandi is known as a remedy for excessive perspiration and salivation. You're like thinking of Pavlov's dog, aren't you, right now? So Oh, it's Jabberandi, the remedy characterized by excessive perspiration and salivation. And uh, there are a number of health scenarios that are interesting that could be related to this. But the origin of this is derived from the leaves of the uh, Pilocarpus Jabberandi plant a species native to South America. We've done a few South American plants recently, and homeopathy can utilize the plants of any area of the planet. Uh, in homeopathy, we use it in its highly diluted form, of course, focusing on its uh, uh, you know, actual uh, properties to treat excessive bodily excretions and related conditions, right? Now, I don't know if anybody's had this happen to them, but let's just say you sweat profusely more than you think you should. That might be the remedy indicated because it's known for addressing excessive perspiration, salivation. You're like drooling. Why am I drooling? Is it the Pavlov bell? It could be, but it could be something else. And other things just, just coming right out of you. Think of this remedy. It's very, uh, it's not as commonly known to use, but then how many people have you met with this condition? It's also indicated in cases of certain eye conditions like glaucoma. Sometimes we've had questions about that where there's an increased intraocular pressure. Obviously, there could be uh, fatigue or exhaustion associated with the loss of bodily fluids as well. Now, primary uses, again, this becomes a little repetitive, but it's a short burst reminder, uh, excessive perspiration, managing conditions with excessive sweating, which may be localized or generalized. And, you know, I'm not just talking about you're working out hard in the sun and you're sweating. This is something like, what the heck is going on? Could be night sweats, right? Think about that, night sweats. Think of Jabberandi. Salivation, other secretions. Uh, and there's some interesting words here uh, to look, but glandular secretions as well. And then in some cases for eye conditions like glaucoma, where it can help reduce intraocular pressure. So that's a good option for you if you didn't know about it. Uh, whether you have 6X, 10X, 12C, 30C, utilize them really as often as needed to address the situation. Or if you have for some reason, uh, uh, you know, more serious deep-seated chronicities, you might go to higher potencies or consult with a healthcare provider. If you're doing a 200C or a 1M or LM potencies, uh, then, you know, look to, you know, utilize the homeopathic's expertise in that case. Other complementary remedies that might come up in such circumstances, and there are various ways that you can cross-reference this. For those of you that have the Materia Medica, you can go much deeper. And I know some of you have and go, oh my gosh, it's too deep. Well, don't worry about it. Take your time. And I would say just go to one remedy and study it. Get to know it. Like something easy like Arnica. But for this case, complementary remedies include a mercury based remedy, mercury solubilis, solubilis uh, often used alongside Jabberandi for conditions with excess salivation and sweating. And this one's pilocarpinum, uh, which is an alkaloid isolate from the very same plant. And it's useful as a more specific remedy for the even the eye conditions that we talked about, like in glaucoma. So I liken this to like, we can easily find tobacco, the remedy tobacco and homeopathy. It may be harder to find nic nicotinum, 
the nicotine isolated from the tobacco plant. So it like that, that's the relationship I want you to see with uh, Jacarande in this pilo or pilocarpinum. Also sanguinaria, I thought that's interesting because it can be indicated sometimes for flushness, hot flashes with, uh, you know, women, if you're in the menopausal transition and you're having the, the night sweats and the hot flashes could be Jack and, uh, th- this remedy, uh, Jabirondi or sanguinaria. There are other things to consider as well. Now, as a homeopathic, it's of course safe, but if you're dealing with self-prescribing for serious, serious issues, you might want to seek out help. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with seeking out help. And if cases worsen or persist, please seek out the healthcare provider of your choice. And I'm hoping it's a homeopath, but you know, whatever you can find to get you the help you need. So as we conclude the homeopathic hit of the day today, Jabirondi, valuable homeopathic remedy, particularly effective for treating conditions with excessive perspiration, salivation, and certain eye conditions. If you enjoy this, like I hope you do, many of you do, Please keep tuning in to the Robert Scabell Show. Keep sharing the show. We, you are our best outreach people. We don't, we don't have that kind of outreach without your help. So thank you for sharing the show right now, whether it be through social media or your social networks in real life. You know about the Robert Scabell Show? By the way, we're not replacing your doctor if you have or want one, but just to give you information and education so you can make fully informed decisions about the care of your health and the health of your loved ones, including your children without interference from people that don't know how to take care of themselves, much less you. You know what I'm talking about. So once again, thanks to Nutritional Frontiers. Thanks to Trinity School of Natural Health, trinityschool.org, and of course, Folium PX. So uh, there we go. Homeopathic hit. Pretty cool one, an unusual one. Have you ever had that happen to you where you have been profusely sweating beyond any sense of normalcy? Like, what the heck is going on? Right? Super Don doesn't know about that. He hasn't hit menopause yet, thankfully. But anyway, just want you to you know, menopause does start with the word men. It does, doesn't it? Right? Yeah. You know, fortunately, we don't we don't have to deal with that. I'm either. thinking, you know, that the origin or etiology of the word menopause is when women say to men, pause. I'm yeah. done with you. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, I'm done. Okay? I'm just done. Oh, so that, could that, be hap- that, that sometimes happens before menopause. Though. By the way, uh, it's uh, somebody's 83rd birthday today. Talk about my mom's 90th on Monday. Happy 83rd birthday today to American music legend, Super Don's favorite, Neil Diamond. Neil Diamond. Yeah. Neil Diamond. 83, huh? From him with the Parkinson's. I, I wish that Katie, his wife, had responded to me about the help I offered for it. But whatever. Uh, you know, people got to make their own decisions about it. But I hope Neil is doing well. And uh, happy birthday, Neil Diamond, today. So, Well, heck. Yeah. I had well, no idea. Musical interlude. Well, why would you know? I mean, that's, you know. I don't know. You tell me when Barry Manilow's birthday is. Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, did you know? Did you already have it memorized? Uh, you knew that today was his birthday? No, I didn't. Okay. I was about <laughs> I was about to tease you if, like, if, if you did. You know, but I know. It's like, would you well, admit it if you did? I guess yeah, is well, I the would, question, but, right? But I don't. I mean, it's just like, <laughs> look, I can like and appreciate you know Neil Diamond as much as I do, but not know his birthday. It's okay. Yes, it's okay. Now, if you don't know your your family members' I'm birthdays, that's, that's sorry. We're problem. gonna have to pull your membership card from the uh, <laughs> the Neil uh, Diamond fan Neil club? Diamond fan club. Yeah. Yes, you are no longer president. Sorry. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like Nikki asked, like oversized sweat glands, can you use this for my girlfriend? So yeah, absolutely, Nikki. It'd be indicated uh, the remedy for something like that. Uh, and yeah, so that's a perfect remedy, Nikki, for your friend. I'm glad that, you know, someone in the audience said, Hey, I know somebody that might be benefit benefiting by that. Uh, so Lori liked that man. Oh, pause concept. Uh, Yvonne says June 17th is Barry Manilow's birthday. So she found what, it. What was it? 
June 17th. June 7th. Oh. Summer birthday. That June. What? July. What is okay. that? What are you doing? No, it's, I, was, I was trying to think if there was somebody else I knew that had that same uh, birthday. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to say June 17th. That, uh, I do know somebody with that birthday. I'm terrible okay. with birthdays. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Is that my is my, my daughter's birthday? June 17th? I All think right. it is. I think that's Laura's birthday. Okay, I was just making fun of people that don't know their own family members' no. birthdays. I'm no, like, oh. I no, that's what I have a wife for. <laughs> um, okay, I get it. I'm with you there, Super D. Look, All I'll right. admit it. I just, yeah. you know, I just have to make sure that I don't forget uh, my uh, anniversary. Yeah. Right. Diana has a... Uh, June 17th. Yeah. That's my daughter's birthday. Okay, there. You, Your daughter and Barry Manilow. There you go. I, gonna, never I know what that. to do for her birthday now. Now, if I ask you when Barry Manilow's birthday is, you'll know. I'll know. I know now, yeah. Yeah. 100%. So Diana says, put a treadmill in front of your computer, and we can cheer you on. She wants No, to- that, that, would, that would be weird. Although, you know, have you ever seen, there's this guy that, that does these funny videos. They're like mm-hmm. on TikTok and stuff like that, yeah. where <clears throat> he has like this, this like desk with a, with a microphone mm-hmm. and a computer on it. Yeah. And it's strapped to you. It's like a, has a harness. And okay. then behind him is a green screen. Yeah. And, and the idea is that he's having like a, a work zoom call. Uh, <laughs> and, and he's got like the office, like his dad is behind, behind him. Yeah. But in reality, he's like riding a bike in a race. And, and the most recent one I saw, he was, he was having an MMA fight in the octagon with a guy and, and he got totally like knocked out and stuff. And you, they show like him having the Zoom meeting. No. You can, it's the obvious green Dude, screen behind him. It ha- it, it's no, t- it, it's very funny. If you're riding a bike with a green screen, you're, you've got this big fan stopping you against the airflow. That's not. I, I'm just saying it's all yeah. obviously done done for okay. comedic effect. But right. uh, they they actually show him doing whatever it is he's doing. But then they also show him on the Zoom call with all these mm-hmm. quote you know employees and stuff. It's it's very funny. I haven't seen that one yet. Okay. All right. Anyway. All right. We well we showed. I want to know we, how Yvonne knew. It. Now, Yvonne, are you a Barry Manilow fan, or did she just look at? Did up you that? just know this, or did you Google real fast? I would just say if Yvonne joins us on the uh, the Zoom AMA, yes. she'll probably win a prize. She was fast with that. That answer, was quick. Like and that's thing. yeah. That's that's, that's how what we, you got to do to win big stuff, right? Uh, mm-hmm. By the way, the. Uh, the the invitation to the Zoom meeting for everybody did it get published in out because I was yes, slack on that I did it last night yeah I I thought I had done it because we I don't know we just I lost my mind on that so hopefully everybody can join us uh, today yeah here's Yvonne Yvonne is a says, uh, she's a bit she, of a fan mm-hmm. but gotcha. one of my best friends has the same birthday right. oh nice. okay and so her best friend your daughter and Barry Manilow there you go. A lot of birthdays on that. So last hour, we covered a story about the CDC labeling accurate information as misinformation. And, uh, you know, whether it be about masks, whether it be about the vaccines, whatever it is, they've been wrong on just about everything. We've been right on just about everything or maybe uh, almost maybe everything. And yet here we still sit banned on YouTube and Spotify and LinkedIn for being right. Right? Why should we be punished for being correct and accurate? Because we don't agree with the official stories that are coming out of criminal organizations. Yes, I said that, like the CDC. You know, and others have, have been very direct in their uh, communication about 
what this injection is. And it's not just me, Super D. It's like, you know, doctors we've interviewed calling it out going, I want everybody to know this is a kill shot. And uh, yet it's harsh. It's very direct. It's not subtle. It's not pussyfooting around a harsh reality. But sometimes you have to be direct to maybe people wake people up and go, wait a second, what am I doing here? Wake them up from that slumber, that stupor, that, uh, you know, hypnosis. And then you have, you know, the accusations made against people like us or others, our friends, as being theorists of the conspiratorial variety, right? As if nobody conspires to do anything in secret, right? It's the nature of the history of humanity on planet Earth, is it not? Right. It is. And, you know, the, th the thing that gets me about the, the, the uh, I, you know, singling people out and calling them names and, mm -hmm. and, and having that sort of thing is, you know, well, I will admit that there are some, quote, conspiracy theories, mm -hmm. not to be denigrating in any way, mm -hmm. but, you know, there are some there that I don't agree with and I think probably are a little out there. Uh, I think those exist. I think you would agree with me that, you know, oh, some, some of those, I mean, apps, you know, they do exist to, yeah, to, to not <clears throat> be uh, like someone that dismisses something because it's called a conspiracy theory. doesn't mean you believe every theory that's out right. there. Not right. every theory is accurate. It's, and that it's doesn't mean, that doesn't mean that like, you're a sheep, yeah. uh, you know, or something like that. Uh, mm -hmm. but you know, what I would say to somebody who likes to criticize people that believe in, or that there are conspiracy theories or certain conspiracy theories. I would say, you know what, before you blame the person for not trusting, mm -hmm. why don't you blame what it is that caused that person to not trust? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, you know, I think on, you know, at least that ought to be looked at. I think a lot of people don't consider that. They just like to throw out that term. Oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. You believe that, you know, the moon is made of cheese, you know, or whatever, you know? And it's like, yeah, some of those things you can go, well, you know, if you kind of sat down, you thought about it and you reasoned and you logic you know the thing to you know like that that you know you could come to the conclusion that maybe that's not really you know something that's real or something like that but you know a lot of people they become conditioned that way why because we're con consistently lied to yeah in this country and there are things that are obvious uh, uh events that have taken place that were covered up and lied about and stuff just look at what's happened over just the last three years just use that as an example right, right. So you can't, you know, I think it's unfair to to look at people and go, oh, well, you believe this stuff that, you know, you think the government's mm -hmm. in on and whatever like that. Oh. Well, yeah, that's because of the stuff that they have done before. <laughs> right. You know? Look, you know, if we were starting to pick apart everybody's religious beliefs, you, I mean, you'll find something in somebody's religion that would go, oh, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Let, let's just be real about this. But you believe it. But then you'll look at somebody else's belief in their religion and you're like, well, that's the weirdest thing I've <laughs> oh, ever Oh, those heard. guys are crazy. Right? Yeah. So it's always a matter of perspective. And, you know, if we could differentiate between science and belief, that would be nice that we'd recognize that science isn't supposed to be a religion or a cult. Right. You know, and this is where we come into some of the conspiracy theories or the accusations of them to dismiss them are about questioning some scientific dogma as if it's, you know, again, a church or a cult that you can't question. And, you know, with the CDC and the WHO and all of that, we've been calling them out because they've been wrong on just about everything. And when they get it right, we're like, Hey, we've been saying that. Hey, can you unban us now? No. Now there's another aspect of, uh, uh, 
theories of the conspiratorial nature relates to now called climate change, at one point called global cooling, then global warming. Uh, I don't know what they're going to call it when they, you know, acknowledge the temperature measurements are very selective to prove whatever they want to prove. And they're not actually accurate in determining we are warming or cooling and it's caused by man's breathing carbon dioxide or tooting out of their butt, whatever it is. Uh, And then the response to, of course, those that would make questionable the, the religion of climate change were once again denigrated and called climate conspiracy theorists or climate denialists. That's often the case. They use denialism as a horrible word because that's thrown against people who have questions about uh, or deny the Holocaust, right? The Holocaust yeah. didn't happen, right? Which is an interesting thing. It's, again, the power of words, yeah. right? I mean, the word denial, mm-hmm. I mean, that's it's it's the root word of, or deny, I guess. Yes, I don't right. know which, but, you know, of the word. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, th- that's not a bad word. That no, word it, by it, itself has no power. It has none, If right? you're accused of doing something criminal, and you didn't do it, you would right. say, I deny that. Oh, you're a denialist. Right. Oh, yeah, you're right? a denialist. Like, There's yeah, like this, this weird this weird baggage I didn't that's, do that's it, attached you know? to the word. Right. Yeah. So they've, they've made a negative connotation to denying something, yet it's done because they don't want you to leave the religion. Again, these are not scientific arguments. Climate science is not science, unfortunately. It's a religion. And this doesn't mean Super Don and I want to destroy the environment. We hate the environment. No. You know, we talked about that. It, it's 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 a game where you eliminate any possible intellectual engagement and debate and discussion on the facts to say, hey, could there be another way to address the climate issues that might not be so climate related, but toxicologically related? That is the poisoning of the planet by man's ignorant and arrogant actions. And this is where you'll find a common ground typically between left and right because they'll all go, well, we don't want pollution, do we? Really? No, not really. But when you start going, oh, it's because we're all going to die because the temperature is going up or down or sideways, you're going to lose that argument. As I've said all those years ago when I started in radio about making fun of Al Gore, right? Whether he believed in the environment or it was an opportunistic thing with his mansions and his intention to burn fossil fuel to keep the lights on in his many houses. <laughs> the, the argument, Al Gore, should have been pollution. Let's innovate to solve the pollution issue. But if you're calling CO2 a pollutant, I guess it could be if humans are locked in a room with CO2, they will die of asphyxiation. But the plant life that sustains us, that gives us the food and gives us the air, the oxygen that we can breathe, requires CO2. So it's not a good argument if you're an environmentalist. And I'm not saying that it's wrong to want to reduce your emissions. There's nothing wrong with that. I, I don't yell at people that want to do that. All more power to you. In fact, I'll congratulations. If you've got the ability to do less, do more with less, law of economy, law of efficiency, that means less pollution. Because it's not only about CO2 when you have emissions. It's, it's about other toxic poisons that are really toxic poisons. And so I wish we could come together and be able to discuss and debate without yelling at one another about these things. I think that's a fair thing to say, don't you, Super D? I mean, look, any of us can argue and maybe have fun with an argument. But on this issue, it's like, dude, we have more in common if we would just get rid of the religious aspects of climate and go, hey, what's really the issue here? The rise of cancer. Is it because the temperature is warmer or colder, or is it because we got a lot of toxic poisons like mercury still coming out through various mechanisms and lead and other things? 
Couldn't we find common ground and everybody would become an environmentalist overnight based on that? Or most of us? That's not human nature, unfortunately. Uh, you know, we're worrying. <laughs> we, we're, we're, we're just, uh, it's in our DNA mm-hmm. uh, that we've got to become warring clans about everything. I know. <laughs> you know? Why does it always have to go that way? Yes. So uh, I can I can wish, I can hope, I can pray, and I can try to be a better example for, you know, not wanting to argue for the sake of argument, other than if you engage in spirited argument with someone you care about and respect, it can be fun. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You can actually learn some things from that. But I guess the point is when you denigrate people, hate people, uh, cancel people because of their views, that's just not a very loving thing to do. I don't think that's a great example uh, for others, especially for kids to teach them that that's, that's the ideal grow up and hate people because they're different. Right. I thought we grew up out of that. So um, I was coming back to the climate issue because the Brownstone Institute has published an article from our friend, Bobby Cox, Bobby Ann Cox, the attorney in New York. Um, and she, the headline is funny. It's kind of tongue in cheeky. Conspiracy theorists were right about climate lockdowns. Now, this is something that has been predicted by some that are dismissed as conspiracy theorists, that they're going to use the climate as the next ability, like post-COVID, to shut you down and lock you down. Because of your uh, impact on the climate, we're going to turn off your electricity, or you're not going to be able to charge your car, or heat your home, or on and on it goes. Now, uh, Bobby Cox brings this recent example up, Kathy Hochul, governor of New York, who wants unlimited power to basically quarantine anybody on suspicion of without evidence or proof of a disease communicable or not. And if you think I'm exaggerating, just read Bobby Ann Cox's uh, 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 lawsuit over this and what they're trying, you know, to, to do in New York. And here's what happened just this last week, a few days ago, massive snowstorms coming into upstate New York. And the governor of New York says, shut down all travel. She issued a travel ban for an entire county in New York. Not an advisory, but a full travel ban, meaning New Yorkers in Erie County were forbidden from going anywhere. What do you call that? If not a lockdown, you're not allowed to leave your home. The governor, the government says you can't go. Now, it might be a stupid thing to get out there in the middle of a massive snowstorm and you might get trapped. You might even die. But to have a state government in the United States of America where you think that we have a government of limited powers and authority has the ability to tell the people of a county in New York, according to Governor Hochul, that you can't leave your home lockdown. So it's just one shred, albeit maybe you consider it small, but I think significant to set precedent that if we can shut you down from traveling out of your home when it's cold and snowy, how unreasonable would it be in the summer Let's say there's a heat wave, a massive heat wave in upstate New York where they're not used to it. And they say, you can't travel outside. It's too dangerous. We're going to prohibit you. from. These are things that are not merely speculative, but evidenced by something like this that some would like to dismiss and go, well, she was just caring and concerned for the people of New York. Well, you can issue an advisory and say, it's pretty stupid to go out right now, but to issue a ban sets precedent unless challenged as we've seen with the cases of lockdowns and shutdowns through COVID. The point is, what what wouldn't they be willing to do if they're willing to bring the deaths, destruction, and mayhem that they did under COVID? And I'm not talking about what they think caused COVID, but what they did in response to it. 
Arguably, some within the scientific fields have said 17 million deaths brought about by the COVID injections. You may not agree with that assessment, but, you know, at this point, as we see, like one of the things that was peer-reviewed and published about uh, the the results of myocarditis, endocarditis, uh, or, or um, pericarditis, well, a lot of different, the inflammation of the heart and everything around it, the sac, et cetera, extraordinarily higher, not insignificant, but significant, statistically significantly higher in those who had received the COVID injections versus those who hadn't. Again, this is the pushback on CDC saying, we're banning your speech because it's misinformation when they were the ones who were wrong and we were right. How about that? And you could still agree or disagree, but the thing is to ban speech, to restrict freedom of speech, when in history have the good guys been the guys banning speech? suppressing speech. First Amendment, do you appreciate it or not? And if you're not willing to defend the speech that is sometimes indefensible, and I, you know, I'll even say this like in Germany, <clears throat> they have a law against uh, Holocaust denialism. If somebody denies it, they could be arrested, fined, I don't know, all this stuff. And that could be reprehensible uh, speech for some, especially. But to, to jail somebody for saying it, I I just, I can't align myself with that. Now, I've talked about the controversies of the Holocaust, and there are probably people of uh, Jewish faith that would be mad at me because I say, look, the, the numbers that they claim might not be accurate. The 6 million number and the 9 million that's beyond that, not just Jewish people, but I think it's perfectly fair to discuss those things historically and factually and, and, and evidentiarily, or even if you have a, a horrible, horrible opinion, like people that deny the Holocaust. It's, yeah, I think it's kind of disgusting. We have enough people that are alive or survivors still even today or a, a direct descendants that there was mass genocide that did occur there. There's mass genocide that has occurred before it and after it. But that particular one targeted significant, small group of people on the planet, Jewish people, but also gypsies, gays, communist trade unionists, you know, on and on it went. And whether you like or dislike any of those groups of individuals, should we not be able to discuss the controversies about them? And I may, it's probably too controversial even to, to ask the question in some circles. And so I, I will uh, continue to defend freedom of speech. And, and that's based on principle. And remember, it was written, the First Amendment, to defend people or the speech that was not popular because who needs uh, an amendment to the constitution to protect speech everybody agrees with that's not what it was written for it's written to defend speech that you didn't like all right so i'm just saying so uh the climate change uh global warming global cooling you can call it whatever you want but don't try to cancel people that disagree with you on what not only what you call it but what it is or if it even is you want to shout them down that's fine give it a go but i would try to argue on the merits of the science and the argument rather than make it a religious dogma belief argument and and reject anybody who doesn't believe what you believe without evidence or evidence that is arguably not that good. Or if you have good evidence, even that could be challenged by other evidence. And it's not a settled thing. Science is, quote unquote, never settled. Consensus is not science. That's, you know, voting on what we should believe based on 51% of scientists believe this, 49% don't. So 51% wins. Science is not democracy, just saying. 
All right, there's a study here about pro-inflammatory and anti-inflammatory foods, but it doesn't really reference what those things are. I, I just think the interesting thing about it is we were talking about um, muscles and, you know, sore muscles. And who was it? Was it Diana said that you can use a rolling pin to roll out the uh, lactic acid, right? I got a lot of lactic acid re remnants in my biceps in particular because of one of the challenges of on Monday, and here it is Wednesday. And I'd be a lot worse if I didn't do Arnica and other things, but, and also drinking the hydrogen water and, you know, doing the cardio miracle and the super creatine. But hey, part of working out and working your muscles, if they have been, haven't been working out for a while, or if you if they have and you're working out to exhaustion, you're going to have some soreness associated with that. And you can even take a homeopathic uh, lactic acid that exists as a remedy. Uh, there's uh, Ruta, there's Rustox. Um, there's, you know, there are a lot of options there to help overcome soreness as well. But this article, uh, and we have it at Medical Express, says avoid inflammatory food to help save aging muscles. This is according to researchers uh, or a researcher. If you're 65 and over and you're having trouble unscrewing a jar, climbing a staircase, you might want to check your diet for inflammatory foods. Now, they're not mentioning the inflammatory foods in na by name, not specifically addressing them. But I will say this. One of the things we've learned over the past number of years is the penchant to use omega-6 heavy vegetable oils and recognizing their pro-inflammatory nature. Now, this doesn't mean don't eat vegetables. <laughs> it means when they take the oil out and you start heating that oil, especially, you alter it. You make it a very dangerous inflammatory oil. And a lot of the health foods that you can find in natural product retailer stores, or you can go into Amazon slash Whole Foods and go to their prepared meal section, and you'll find that they're all using canola oil. Hopefully it's not genetically modified, but that's an omega-6 rich heavy, uh, you know, used to be uh, uh, used to use for engines, canola oil, rapeseed, World War II, motor oil. And then they're like, hey, man, we're still making it. Let's genetically modify it. Let's hit it with pesticides and we'll sell it to everybody as a healthy vegetable oil. But these vegetable oils, again, are very pro-inflammatory. If you want to reduce inflammation, you need fat, including saturated fat. And whether you get it from an animal source or a vegetable source, make sure it's not pro-inflammatory. We've talked about the omega-3 fatty acids from fish, but you can get them from algae as well. Of course, you can get it from uh, food sources in the animal kingdom as well. So here's a, most, a list of the most highly commonly known inflammatory foods, sugar and high fructose corn syrup. Obviously, artificial trans fats, but remember, you can cause a fat to become let's say, break down and become like a trans fat by heating it, a vegetable oil, heating it. Don't cook with vegetable oils. Vegetable and seed oils, again, right there, number three, high in omega-6 fatty acids, processed foods, refined carbohydrates, inflammatory, excess of alcohol, inflammatory, processed meat. Now, here, I'm not talking against meat eaters. If you like meat, make sure it's grass-fed, green, you know, all clean. But if it's processed, then it becomes, you know, comes with a lot of things that are pro-inflammatory. I... I think there's a lot of argument on this number seven, the red meat study, whether that's truly inflammatory. I would argue that if you eat excess animal protein beyond your needs or your ability to uh, process and excrete, then yeah, you'll have some byproducts, waste products like uric, uric acid, for instance, that can create, uh, um, well, inflammation, let's just say it. Gluten. Now, we can consume some level of gluten, but it's hybridized, it's genetically engineered, it's loaded with glyphosate. 
So counteracting gluten sensitivity, reduce gluten, or if you do eat things like bread, how about the sourdough bread where the gluten is broken down and it's easier to digest? Dairy products can be inflammatory for some, not for others, but clearly if you're not eating it, uh, if you do eat dairy products and if it's not raw from grass-fed animals, for instance, right? How many of you remember when you, uh, moms, when you first gave birth and you breastfed your baby, did you uh, express the breast milk, put it on the stove and pasteurize it before your, <laughs> your baby drank it? No, that's an absurd thing to do to, to milk. It's only done for factory farming purposes because, yeah, if you if you ha- if you feed these animals things they're not supposed to eat, and you you raise them in filthy, uh, isolated, controlled, and c- confined conditions, the milk that they produce will be very not healthy, not well for anybody. But then they go, oh no, well we'll make it healthy by by boiling it, by heating it, and and you know it's only he- you know that, again that's an absurd thing. You alter the proteins and make them not digestible. So dairy products, if you consume them, make, make sure they're from grass-fed animals and not, not pasteurized. And of course, artificial additives like MSG, in a processed foods contain preservative flavorings, colorings, pesticides, herbicides, fungicides, all of these things, heavy metals. These are things that are pro-inflammatory. So this is what we got to deal with. If you want to age gracefully, if you want to be able to work out at any age or dance at the age of 89 and 90, like mom. Foods that are not inflaming you constantly and chronically in your system. Drink adequate amounts of water, preferably water that's got hydrogen dissolved in it, like the echo water. We have banners for that, discounts for that as well. You can get the, the unit put under your sink and have water at your tap on demand, or you can have those units like the echo go that you can add the water to it, clean water and, and produce hydrogen. And it's an antioxidant as well, counteracting the inflammation. A lot of things you can do. The folium products, the folium PX, good Lord. This is, again, another huge reason why mom is able to dance at the age of 89 and now going to 90. If you haven't looked into the Folium products, what are you waiting for? FoliumPX.com, Folium Original, Folium Immuno, Folium Relax. If you have hit a ceiling in your healing and you're like, I need a breakthrough, man, that's like got Folium written all over it. This is the stuff that my mom's alive today, I believe, because of this, because of the Folium products. So check out foliumpx.com. Remember the code RSB10 to get that discount when you check out, when you check out. All right, justice, concept of justice. If I boil it down to a, a simple definition, maybe you agree or disagree. I don't know if we go into Black's Law. Maybe this is where it comes from. I don't even remember at this point. But justice, it's a concept that everybody gets exactly what they deserve. <laughs> Now you laugh at that. You're like, wow, there's not a lot of justice going on out there, is there? Like you see all the lying, deception, the criminal behavior. It's like, is anybody being brought to justice? Are they getting what they deserve? Now, granted, for whatever reason, you may believe or not believe this, God created the heavens and the earth and this place we live on. And in that, there is, I believe, right and wrong. And we're here to learn about that. Now, some believe you only get one chance at it and you're done. And hopefully you you get to heaven if you do the right thing. You know, uh, others have, again, wide variety of beliefs on this planet. I'm not telling you what to believe. I'm not trying to offend anybody by saying this. Others have different perspectives on that. And this is where, you know, sometimes you have to take solace in the, like the people that we look at, like Anthony Fauci. Will he ever pay for his crimes in this lifetime where we'll all see it? Now, if Rand Paul has his way, it, it could happen, but maybe not. 
Maybe he dies and never pays for the, the criminal activity that he's been engaged in for many decades in the U.S. government at NIAID, leading to the COVID disaster. There were many before that. And so then we look at it and we go, oh, well, maybe justice happens in a time of not of our own desire, right? We'd love to see him pay for his crimes. For, it's just one example, right? Contemporary example. And then we go, all right, well, maybe when he dies, for some, you believe he'll go to hell. For others, you know, some places in between. Others think he'll be born again and he'll have to go through and pay for his crimes by living it another lifetime. And, you know, this goes into the, the questions of, you know, why do, what is bad thing, why do bad things happen to good people? Right? Because you don't know the entire history of a soul in creation. What do they do before they got here? Much less if they were here before. Again, I only posit these things to consider. You're mature enough to handle the discussion. You can agree or disagree. It's fine. It's okay. This show is about being able to, you know, communicate ideas, sometimes uncomfortable ideas, but hopefully more, more often than not empowering ideas. The idea is to set you free from the, the enslavement that your, you know, your radical collectivist overlords want you to live in a belief system that doesn't free you, but that enslaves you. So uh, when we talk about justice, you know, many people say, Hey, what about justice for our military men and women? Right. They're thrown into the, the heat of battles. They're willing to sacrifice their lives in defense of their country. What have I brought up since I opened the microphone back in 1999 about my concern about people who serve in the military? I, the moment you go in and you're, you're putting your body on the line, you're saying here, government, I, I wish it wasn't government. I wish it was like country, right? Serve your country. I'm willing to die for my country to defend its ideals, freedom, for instance. And you get in there and the moment you get in there, you lose your freedom. Now, everybody that goes into the military knows that they're giving up a lot of freedoms because they are now in this chain of command. If they're called on to go into the battlefield that risks their life, they have to you know, salute and go do it. But did they sign up knowing that they would become guinea pigs or experiments for not the military engagement in a constitutional manner, but for cannon fodder, again, not on the battlefield, but for the pharmaceutical industrial complex, arguably more dangerous and deadly than the military industrial complex. I'm going to bring up something very controversial right now. Uh, in Israel, you got Netanyahu, who sold out the people of Israel to Pfizer and pretty much mandated the shot or made it very difficult to say no. If you were a person in Israel, happened to be Jewish too, my goodness. And they, their own countrymen sold out their own countrymen. Their own leader sold out their own leader and arguably harmed as many, maybe even more, than that horrible attack by Hamas doesn't diminish the, the brutality of that attack. I'm just saying that when we decide to protest what we might consider evil on any side of any political equation or, or, or warfaring argument, how often have we overlooked the ongoing assault, whether it's intent to kill, but with deadly weapons of mass destruction delivered via syringe, needle, or even air gun. I, I'm not patting myself on the back to say I'm one of the few people, John Rappaport and other, over the years that have said, hey, we got a war that's ongoing, that's not declared officially, against the people of planet Earth, conducted by 
a pharmaceutical industrial complex in a modern context born of the demon spawn of IG Farben post-World War II, including things related to Operation Paperclip, where most of the governments of the world have sold their people out to a pharmaceutical church or cult. And very few people who are, let's say, protesting, if they're protesting Israel, if they're protesting Hamas, or if they're protesting any number of wars, Ukraine, Russia, how many of them had that same level of concern while people were dying every day in hospitals or at the doctor's office or after they left the doctor's office because of the drugs they were prescribed or the needle they were injected with under the guise of protecting them from disease or treating that disease that was caused by protecting them from the disease? I know this is... For some of you, a very uncomfortable discussion point. And this shouldn't be political, should be apolitical, except yet it doesn't matter what party you're aligned with or not aligned with. We see that governments, whether they're controlled by the left or the right over the course of history, in recent history, they've all been controlled by what? The pharmaceutical industrial complex, pharmakia. The wickedness of what? Sorcery. But very few people pointed out, hey, man, thousands to millions are dying all the time, but it's not an overt bombs exploding war. It's a silent war. Quiet weapons for, you've heard of that, but in this case, done through your doctor. Just like the most famous, you know, most scary words, I'm from the government, I'm here to help you. I'm from medicine, I'm here to help you. Again, controversial because I do acknowledge that allopathic medicine has a role to play in saving lives, particularly in war, times of war. That's the irony. Most of the advancements of allopathic medicine, and I'm not even talking about the, the drug advancements because I think that, that that's overblown in terms of, oh, it's so wonderful we have these drugs because would we need them had we not first adopted them? Considering that homeopathic medicine and naturopathic medicine and herbal medicine and Ayurvedic medicine had answers for all of the things that modern medicine says, there are no prevention, there are no cures for any disease. And they've been happening for thousands of years. Of course, those diseases were very rare until modern medicine said, we are the only ones allowed to treat them, much less cure them. So if you've got warfare medicine, advances in surgical theater scenarios, absolutely amazing advancements, technology and otherwise, but it's warfare medicine. And if it's not in a war getting riddled with bullets, it's the war that you had with the car or the bus that hit you. And then allopathic medicine comes in and does extraordinary things. So the question in this article, and I've I've gone so far afield of this article, Superdome's pulling the hair out of his head. I'm sure if, if he, you know, it's like, what the hell are you talking about, Robert? This has nothing to do with the article, but this is where it led me to, because it goes into the justice for our service members who are wrongly imprisoned their bodies were imprisoned and experimented upon with COVID injections. And in this article written by Gwendolyn Cole, who will deliver justice to our service members? It's very related to my buddy, Coast Guard retired, Corey, who we had on as a Sunday conversation a couple of weeks ago, talking about he's a signatory to the letter that was sent to the higher up military brass at the Pentagon DOD that have violated their oath to the Constitution. And, you know, in this article, it goes into that. You know, even though Biden didn't officially order all service members to be vaccinated against COVID, he did instruct Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin to look into how and when the Department of Defense could add the COVID vaccines to the required schedule. And within a month of the president's directive, 
Secretary Austin ordered all active duty service uh, reserve National Guard members to be fully vaccinated COVID-19. This despite the fact that the FDA approved community was nowhere to be found anywhere on U.S. soil or in any military base around the world. I pointed that out repeatedly. They're like, oh, oh, it's approved by the FDA now. No, these are deceptive practices. These are violations, fundamental violations, I would say, of Geneva Conventions. You know, and and uh, we can go there, whether you believe we're a signatory to the, you know, the, the, the Nuremberg Code or otherwise. Still, there are things that you should not be allowed to do. And that includes violating the right to bodily autonomy, even of our soldiers, especially when you're dealing with experimental medicaments or injections. And the PrEP Act, of course, protected against suits against those manufacturers under the emergency. But when the emergency was lifted, now if you got comernity and it wasn't put on the list uh, by the CDC through the uh, uh, the committee that votes on it, then it was it was all be ripe for liability if somebody's injured or killed by the comernity. They couldn't have that. So it was like a rock in a hard place. So they lied. They deceived and they injected people and they kicked people out and they're retaliating against those that somehow stayed in despite not getting the shot. Atrocious is an understatement. The Religious Freedom Restoration Act, we utilize that in going uh, up against the State Department to demand our passports without, uh, uh, you know, a Luciferian number. You know, which they had to make an accommodation for religious freedom. And that's what the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, why did we ever need that? It's because we abandoned that fundamental First Amendment principle that you have a right to believe as you would want to believe and live according to those beliefs as long as you violate the rights of others. And as long as that's not happening, the government should make an accommodation for your religious beliefs. But they argued nobody should have a religious belief against getting COVID vaccines. There are people out there that argue that. A lot of them... At the, in, within the American Medical Association or the AAP, even though the AAP is now on record going, hey, be careful with that GMO stuff, but they still would not want your kids to have the ability to say no to vaccines based on your religious belief. That That's not cool. That's not cool at all. Anyway, we'll continue this discussion on in the uh, bonus round if you guys wa- got more you want to talk about. There's also a, one last article here I'll just mention before we go to break. Strong links between what's called long COVID and myalgic encephalomyelitis and chronic fatigue syndrome. This is a big, big argument I've been having, making, and this was a big reason why we're working on behind the scenes here, interviewing loads of people that know a lot more on many of these topics about long COVID, long hauler stuff. Many of it is related to pre-existing situations, but some of it's new. And I want to help y'all, everybody, if we can. I realize it's not an easy road to hoe based on mRNA injection technologies, but uh, please sign up for our newsletter. It's free. Text my initials, RSB. Text RSB to 66866. Text RSB to 66866, and you will get plugged into our newsletter. That way you'll be the first to know about these breakthroughs that we're making and being able to communicate them to you. Please share that with others and be part of this journey back into health and healing because the power to heal is really, truly yours. All right, bonus round. How's it going there, Super D? Did you, do you have any hair left? I do. All right. Of course. I, I, more, I, more than you do. Well, yeah, it's true. Once again, <laughs> you know, that, that thing about the troops, it always gets me. That, that story... <clears throat> It always sends me down that road of 
you know, there's a there's a constitutional role for a military. I acknowledge that. But dude, did you did you realize your kids, if they're going in the military, they're signing up to become guinea pigs? And this is not new. It's just gotten worse. And and it upsets me greatly. And then when we talk about the con the conflicts out there and the protests suddenly popping up against Israel, and then I'm like, where are all those people caring about health and life with everything that's going on beyond that before that? Yep. I guess it's only human nature to, you know, to react only when it's all concentrated. We want you to see it. That tells me that <clears throat> the bad guys are fomenting this so that we hate one another more. We don't, you know, communicate the commonality between us all. Because otherwise, you know, the news would be a million people dying bare minimum every 10 years, 106,000 a year due right. to sanctioned, approved, licensed medicines. Shots, etc. They don't do that. They don't report on it because they don't want us to know it and they don't want us to react appropriately as humans that care about human life in those circumstances. Yeah. And, you know, the situation with the um, with the troops, uh, you know, the, the article does a really good job of going over. I mean, it's more than just um, they said that you have to get the vaccine and you didn't want to. And so it was inconvenient. I mean, yeah. they, they really have kind of really stepped in it. And I know the, the I, I have to assume that the military is just like, okay, well, sorry, guys. You know, can, can we move on, please? Amnesty. Uh, yeah, but uh, not they're not going for that. Um, and they actually list, and I won't go over the whole list here, but, you know, I mean, if you look at there's, there's legal and ethical concerns. Um, you know, the military leadership, it was a, basically a coercive campaign. Um, against these these um, soldiers that refuse to get vaccinated, you've got FDA approval and legal uh, issues. You've got you know this is a direct impact on the service members members themselves um, because they ended up having career you know uh, problems, deployment restrictions, other types of you know things that happened. Uh, there was a former Green Beret uh, captain, I guess, that resigned. Uh, due to the policies and stuff. So, I mean, this had a, you know, direct impact on their livelihood, on their families. You know, you've got religious and First Amendment violations. Uh, so, I mean, it's 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 a big deal. And so I, I, they did a really good job with this article, kind of pointing that stuff out and asking the question, you know, uh, where, where's this justice going to come from? Mm -hmm. Hopefully, you know, this this letter. Yeah, we'll try not that, Not that letters, you know, typically have a great uh, uh, track record. Yeah. Um, but... I, uh, you know, there are some people like, like our, our buddy, um, Jonathan among others, e. Ward, if he were in the yep. U.S. Senate, this would be brought up. I mean, absolutely. There'd be, there'd be congressional really... hearings on it yeah. and stuff. Exactly. Right? Yeah. He knows as much or more than most about this issue. And yeah, in addition to letter writing, we need people to know what's going on, but there are still too many Republicans and Democrats beholden to the military slash pharmaceutical industrial complex, which I again, argue is more powerful than the military one. And, uh, it, yeah, it upsets me greatly. It's just one of those things. And, you know, equally as I'm upset about this, as I mentioned, I'm upset about all the people protesting only suddenly when there's an overt conflagration in a way that they suddenly now, oh, now I'm going to say something. And they've been silent all these years about the ongoing, yes, I'm going to say it, Holocaust against the people of planet Earth run <gasps> by, yes, the demon spawn of IG Farben, Nazi Germany that separated out to the world and conquered it, most of the Western world, Big Pharma. You can't use that word. I know. Well, I didn't say V. I said A, another one. But, <laughs> you know, I'm willing to risk, uh, you know, maybe John Stewart, he's going back on the air. Maybe he'll say something about it. We'll get on the Jewish press again. I'm looking forward to that. 
uh, yeah, uh, for those of you who may not have heard, uh, John Stewart, former host of The Daily Show, back when The Daily Show, uh, not everybody would agree with me on this, but it, I, I enjoyed it. I, I like watching. Funny, it was dude. It was he did a good job engaging. with it. <clears throat> There are some I, things that John Stewart won't do in he, some places he won't go, where he won't go, and right. that we can criticize him, I think, correctly for. But that doesn't take away from his comedic genius in certain areas. He's very funny and pointed well, in the way and, he delivers. And, and he's, uh, he's a Jew. Oh, my gosh. Did you say that? Did I say that? I believe yeah. he's a Jew, right? I mean, yes, he is Jew. As far as I know, he's a Jew. Yes. Um, not that it matters, but... You know, one of the bits that I thought was very funny, mm-hmm. and it was a simple bit that he did, a sketch or, or, or you know, a segment mm-hmm. um, where he uh, implied that there were some things that uh, could be criticized about the uh, 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 government in, in Israel. And it was funny because it's like as soon as he would start to even start to go there, that's yeah person would pop up and start yelling at him. You can't say those kind of things. You know? right. and, and it would end with them calling him a self-hating Jew. Yeah. And it was, it was very funny, but he was trying to make a point, you know, that, that, you know, this, there's, there's this sacred cow here. Mm-hmm. Um, no offense to the Indians <laughs> that, uh, <clears throat> you know, that you can't talk about, you can't criticize Israel. Right mm-hmm. now, as we can see, man, I'm telling you, I'm sure he's going to have a lot to say about what's going on mm-hmm. in the Israel uh, right. in the war situation there. But uh, the idea here is, and there's a lot of people that are excited because he's jumping in right at the time when things are kind of getting nuts with politics, with mm-hmm. the, the, the well, presidential run and Donald Trump. And so they're looking forward to that. Would you say, and I don't know, I haven't been following Jon Stewart in the years since really much, but would you He tried you doing say, like a podcast, you know, and he had like yeah. this show, stuff like that, but it just really, it would, just didn't pick, on, pick up. But the... The idea of TDS, Trump derangement syndrome. Yes. Right. And and we look, there was Obama derangement syndrome. We acknowledge that. So I'm not saying it's only partisan one way, but there are a lot of folks that think, you know, as I hear of criticism, Trump's going to do this. Trump's going to do that. Look, he had four years. He didn't do all those things. You said he, was, <laughs> he did. Well, again, this is not being, uh, uh, you know, uh, I haven't endorsed anybody for president at this moment. Not that it will matter, but you know, if I do, I will, but it's, it's just that humor is one thing, but very much uh, the abandonment of humor on anything that was happening on certain sides of the political fence. Well, you know, listen, <clears throat> he would point things out in the segments on his show mm-hmm. that even, you know, being a conservative uh, you know, a person, uh, there were times where contradictions, uh, and, and, you know, real, uh, issues came up on the conservative side of things where things weren't handled the way that they should be. It was not honest. Uh, you know, you had people that, you know, a year ago said one thing and then now they're saying another and, you know, I, you know, uh, ironies and stuff like that. And he, he pointed those things out. And yeah. the thing is, is, you know, when I would watch those things, mm-hmm. it might make me squirm just a little bit. You know, it's kind of like, oh, crap. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, to be have some intellectual integrity in the situation, look at the situation and go, yep, you know what? He does have a valid point there. You know, uh, this guy over here who happens to be a Republican, you know, really did look like a dumbass uh, yeah. and said some stupid stuff uh, and that really didn't look good. You know, you got to laugh. You got to laugh at, you know, everything if you're going to be fair about it and not get offended by it and become like one of those people that we make fun of 
you know, that are yelling and screaming and and in, in the street because Trump got elected. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't do the same thing when yeah. when the, when the time comes. So because if you do, you know, then you got nothing to say. And so he would just he would point stuff like that out. But even then, you know, even if it was funny, even at your own expense, uh, yeah. laughing at yourself, mm-hmm. it's a healthy thing to do. So anyway, long story yeah. short, he, he's going to uh, be hosting uh, just Mondays. On The Daily Show. On The Daily Show, mm-hmm. and he's now going to be the executive producer. So it's he's basically going to make The Daily Show potentially watchable again mm-hmm. because it hasn't been since he left. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Uh, there you go. There's your TV news for the day. Oh, you know what? The, uh, the, that was a funny comedic little bit that popped up. You know, Robin Williams, the comedian, uh, mm-hmm. you can see clips of him, the brilliance, the genius, comedic genius he was. I mean, boy, oh boy, that could that guy just let it roll. <clears throat> there was one story of him he would tell uh, how he was being interviewed on a German television show, very popular in Germany. And one of the questions was, you know, it was a German interview asking him why why is it that we have a reputation in Germany you know we're not we're not the funny people we don't have a lot of people in comedy you know uh, in Germany <laughs> and Robin Williams said, asked pauses this question did you ever consider that you attempted to kill all of them <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. going back to the Nazi World War II of course it was like one of those moments of like uh, awkward yeah. Yeah, even though it's said in jest but still there's some seriousness in there as well. And um, it doesn't mean that only Jewish people are funny or can be funny either. But there are a lot of Jewish comedians. I don't know why. Maybe, you know, when you're a minority and when you're looked at and the whole you know world is against you, sometimes you, you have to find humor. You have to find ways to, to, to deal with the world. And humor is one of those ways. Yep. Uh, but I wish we could laugh at ourselves a lot easier and much better and more comprehensively, no matter what. And uh, that's lost in the whole Hegelian dialectic and the divide where you, if you yes. laugh at the wrong thing, suddenly uh, you shall be ostracized, canceled, and, you know, again, more of the it dehumanizing is, people. It is an old trick that yeah. I learned a long time ago uh, that if you laugh at yourself, not only is it health, a healthy thing to do, mm-hmm. um, but it will... It will diffuse many situations where people are laughing at you because then they start laughing with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think that's a, that's a, a concept that has been lost. Yeah. Uh, where you know the the, the rea- reaction is listen if you step in it, you own it. You know I mean yeah, yeah. man look at that I I'm a, I can't believe I did that you know rather than getting defensive you know which everybody does everybody gets defensive not everybody most people how about you you get defensive. Not often, yeah. Not really, because I don't yeah. care. You know, what I mean, right. that's you know, I that, that's a very healthy place to be. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think, oh my gosh, know, yeah. The 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 uh, the wisdom of George Carlin, mm-hmm. man. You know, yeah. I mean, honestly, he was a comedian, um, but I, you, you know, I learned a lot from him. And you know, getting to a point where it's just, it's just whatever. You know, you just don't care about. Yeah, not meaning that that you don't you stop caring about things that ought mm-hmm. to be cared about. Right. But there's so much in the, that, that people get so uptight about and stuff like that. It doesn't matter. Who yeah. cares? Whatever, you know, ha, 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 you, you, whatever. Love ha, ha, yes. Yeah. Okay. Lighten up a little. Yeah. Look, life it's, is hard enough. Do we need to have no sense of humor? It's a good place to, to be, you know, yeah. because you have much less stress in your life. Yeah. You know? Yep. Anyway. Yep. All right. Well, we have some fun coming up this afternoon. 
Yes, Less we do. Less than two hours from now, Super Don and I will reconvene on Zoom for our monthly Ask Me Anything AMA. And I uh, hope everybody got the memo. I'm telling you again, one last reminder. If you're not part of the Robert Scott Bell Show patron support crowd, come on, join it now. Um, we're going to be doing some giveaways. In fact, uh, I am, you know what? Hmm. I am going to give away a, a pack party of miracle. Party of Miracle today. All That's right. huge. Right then, it it's more than covers most of people when they're, when they're supporting us at the lowest level. And I'm not complaining. I'm grateful right. at any level people would support us. Believe me. Thank you. But we love, I love giving away stuff. So, Super Don, you got some trivia questions ready for this afternoon? I will. Okay. And uh, that'll be fun. And if you have questions or comments, bring them. A lot of people say, hey, can I consult with you? I'm like, dude, I don't have a lot of extra time to do that. And I do. Off the record, I'll call some folks that need help. But that's my healing ministry. But in this case, the ability to connect and interact that way and ask questions like we can't do on the air, that's the fun part that we get to do. And once you're a patron supporter, you can have access to all the previous ones. We lost like one or two of the first ones because of YouTube, but we've got a lot of them. And you can listen and watch the community grow and help each other out. It's a wonderful, caring, compassionate community, part of the Robert Scott Bell Show family. And speaking of that, upcoming events. We have that. That's what we'll wrap up here on today. Unless you have a question or comment real quick in the, any of the chat rooms, check on Rumble as well. But we have the upcoming events, including the five-day plant-based challenge, plant-based beginners boot camp starting January 29th on my mom's birthday. It's absolutely free. You can click on that in the upcoming events tab at robertscatbell.com. There it is. Uh, we have the Autism Health Summit. February 2nd and 3rd, coming up really quick. And that's going to be amazing. Thanks to Tracy Slepsevic and so many other awesome folks that are going to be there with us, including Dr. James Lyons-Weiler, Dr. Andrew Wakefield, Del Bigtree, Brian Hooker, and more. Uh, then we have the Trinity Health Freedom Expo Virtual, and that's going to be online via the Whova app, and you have access to everything we did back in October and new stuff, too, for three months. 17th, 18th of February. Please register for that. Get on board. It's going to be amazing. Then a couple of trips back to Atlanta. The World Wellness Weekend. And it's 8th, 9th, and 10th in February. It's, uh, it's March, 8th, 9th, and 10th of March, thanks to Terry Stewart-Warner. And then we have the third annual Next Steps Conference, March 14th, 15th, 16th, 17th, at the Lake Lanier Islands Resort. That's going to be a blast. We had This is the third one. Last year it was at Lake Lanier Islands, too. It's really nice, a lot of fun. Uh, then we've just confirmed Be Healthy Utah 2024 Natural Health and Wellness Conference, a two-day event, 19th and 20th of April, Sandy, Utah, Sandy, Utah. And then we have the family reunion, the RSB show family reunion at Leslie's homestead, in Joplin, Missouri, 14, 15 and 16 simultaneous with the red pill expo. And we'll be adding more to the list. So please stay in touch by becoming uh, at least a, a newsletter subscriber. That would be, that would be great. And uh, we'll carry on from there. All right. Did I miss anything else? I think that covers think it. All right. All right. Any any uh, anything on uh, Rumble or anywhere else that I can't see? No, sir. Okay. Well, we got Thursday with Jonathan E. Mord. Friday yes. is a travel day heading to Atlanta for mom's birthday. Monday, we'll be broadcasting the plan is from mom's home studio uh, for her 90th officially on the 29th. So that's exciting. We got a lot to look forward to. Thank you all for being here. Thank you for sharing the show. If you have Opinions, perspectives, questions, comments, 
You can call us at 866-939-2355, 866-939-BELL, or just send us a message through the website, and we'll get you on the air if you want. Or if you don't, just say so. That's fine. We respect that. And we'll we'll keep you anonymous. All right? So see you in less than two hours, Super D, and anybody else that wants yep. to join us. All right. Sounds good. Have a good afternoon. We'll, we'll see you later.